Blog Talk Radio. Just one show. 
so much has been taking place this week last gathered here on Kingdom for Live. Mark Rick shot up in Orlando and made his presence felt at the state championship game. He spent a lot of time with the current staff evaluating the present roster, going over every single player, what they've accomplished on the field, what they're getting done in the weight room, what their prospects are for next season. He has made a recruiting swing through the east coast of Florida and locked up, well, soon to be locked up, a commitment from Zach McLeod, the linebacker from Palm Beach, who had decommitted um, and will recommit when he visits Miami this weekend. And also Shaq Quarterman and Michael Pigney secured those commitments as well. Tonight, Rick is in the Tampa area with James Coley, Art Kehoe, and Larry Scott. He's been visiting with quarterback Jack Allison. We just got done speaking to Allison a few minutes before we came on the air. And Allison told us the visit went great, that he's still committed to Miami, and everything is solid, which is what was expected. In the meantime, everyone continues to wonder what is going to go on with Mark Rick's coaching staff. It's been a great mystery so far over the last week. Rick has been totally noncommittal. From what we know, nobody on the present staff has been told whether they're going to be offered a position to stay or, you know, whether after the bowl game on December the 26th in El Paso, Texas, they're going to be asked to leave. Tonight, we did get some intelligence in from some sources in Athens, Georgia, And there are believed to be two coaches and one operations staffer from Mark Rick's staff at Georgia who are seriously contemplating joining him at Miami. The first is John Lilly, the tight ends coach and offensive special teams coordinator. It would be very surprising if Lilly did not come and stay with Rick. The second is Brian McClendon, who presently is serving as Georgia's interim head coach until Kirby Smart can take over full-time. He was Rick's recruiting coordinator, passing game coordinator, and wide receivers coach at Georgia. Depending on what Rick decides to do or what happens with James Coley, those two would possibly serve as co-offensive coordinators on the new Rick staff, and they would run the offense along with Rick, who would call the plays. These sources are also telling us that a gentleman by the name of Todd Hartley, who was Rick's director of recruiting at Georgia, is expected to be offered a coaching position at Miami with responsibility for either the defensive backs or special teams. Now, again, that's just scuttlebutt from some sources up there in Athens. I don't want to deceive you guys that that is etched in stone by any stretch of the imagination. We don't know that at this time. This is just what we are hearing from people that we are talking to up there in Georgia who are in regular contact with all the coaches on that staff. Thomas Brown, who is the running backs coach and a guy that we believe Rick held in high regard, was believed to also be targeted by Rick for Miami. But we are hearing that he is expected to stay at Georgia and be part of Kirby Smart staff. So we'll talk about all of this and more tonight as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live, sponsored once again by Nuts.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of KaneSport.com, 
and we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in hurricane sports, a Wednesday night edition. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Those of you who have been calling all season, you know the drill. If you want to come and be part of the show and participate, you hit the number one on your keypad. That'll send us a prompt that you want to be included, and we'll bring you on the show as we get to you in the queue. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here is some of what they came up with. From our research here at Canesport, who are some of the defensive coordinator candidates that Rick could be looking at? We have not heard a thing about a defensive coordinator. I mean, you know, you see a rumor here or there, but there's no validity to, the, to those things. So we have no idea right now is targeting for the defensive coordinator spot. The only thing that we've heard coaching-wise is what I just talked about a few minutes ago, and the fact that Rick plans to bring his son, who is an offensive quality control assistant with the Buffalo Bills, onto the staff in some capacity, whether it be as a quarterback coach or a similar offensive quality control type of position, we're not sure. But right now, that's all we know on the coaching staff and um, nothing more concrete than that. Why would Willie Martinez, the former Hurricane who used to be Rick's defensive coordinator at Georgia, not be a good candidate? He could work hands-on with the DBs, similar to what Nick Saban does. You know, other than the fact that Mark Richt and Willie Martinez parted ways at Georgia, I think it would be a surprise if Martinez were not one of the guys that Rick is considering to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, perhaps maybe he should shoot higher than that. Miami has given him the budget to go out and get whoever he deems the best fit for that job. But remember one thing. In his last two defensive coordinator hires at Georgia, Rick went high profile. He hired Todd Grantham and he hired Jeremy Pruitt. And neither one of those big shot, big money, high-profile defensive coordinator hires really worked out all that great for him. Grantham left, went to Louisville. Pruitt, there were all sorts of problems with him. He and Rick have different coaching styles. They didn't really see eye-to-eye throughout last season. And a lot of people believed that Jeremy Pruitt was trying to sabotage Mark Rick and walk away with the head coaching job at Georgia. Well, as you know, that didn't work out as Kirby Smart got the job. What are the realistic chances of landing Georgia receiver prospect McCole Hardman is one of the top receivers in the country? I think they're pretty darn good. I've spoken to Hardman. I know he loves Miami. He was thinking about Miami very strongly before the coaching change, and I think the coaching change can only help that situation. Uh, so I think there's a really good chance that McCole Hardman comes to Miami. Uh, it's just something that's going to have to play out probably all the way to signing day, as Hardman has said he will not make an announcement before then. Oh, here's a good one. Why isn't Kane Sport getting all the credit from the media for breaking the Mark Rick story? You guys were on it two days before everyone else. I think the answer to that's really simple. When the coaching search started, I made a commitment that 
you know, as always, we were going to work it like crazy, and, and we've done that for every coaching search. But I wanted to make sure that our subscribers on canesport.com were the ones that were the beneficiaries of any information that we got along the way. And that's why, as it went along, you saw that every single thing that we got and I got, I posted for for those of you who subscribe to our website on the message board as opposed to writing front page stories every day. And that kept that information pretty much reserved to you guys. And, you know, I, I controversially even tech took it a step further and, and you know, kind of kept the mainstream media off the message boards because I didn't want them to take the information and give it to the entire world. I wanted you guys on, on, on Canesport that sub- subscribe to our site every day who have supported us for the last 13, 14 years, who are with us year-round every single day. They have the benefit of that information. And therefore, the people at ESPN and all these other places that <laughs> seized on a last-second tweet to give other people credit uh, – probably just weren't aware of what we were reporting for the two and a half days prior to Mark Rick's hiring. So uh, nothing that we're certainly worried about, and uh, it's it's not a big deal. We accomplished what we wanted to accomplish by making sure that you guys were on the cutting edge of the info and that you guys knew what was really going on. Does the search firm only assist with the head coach hiring, or is it a resource that Mark Rick can now use in hiring his staff? Pretty sure that they were just contracted to assist in the head coach hiring. I do not believe that Corn Ferry is working with Mark Rick right now in putting together a coaching staff. Will Gus Edwards be used as a fullback or a halfback next season? I think he's going to be used as a tailback, and I think he's the type of player that Mark Rick loves to use at that position. He likes bigger backs. He likes physical runners, and I think that you're going to see Gus Edwards fit right into what Mark Rick is doing on offense and be a big part of the show next season as his recovery continues. Are there two tight ends on this team that can block in such a two tight end offense? Well, Stan Dobard can certainly do it. And, uh, you know, I think you'll see Chris Herndon and David Njoku both continue to improve their physicality and uh, continue to, and, and be used in that role. And they're going to have to be able to do it. And I think they will. I mean, I like both those kids. Um, well, you know, Mr. Chris's dad is a part of our show almost every week, and so we've spoken about him quite a bit. But I, I think both of those kids will be able to serve as the second tight end in a two two tight end set. I don't see any any issues there. What is the percentage that Mark Rick retains James Coley? And you know, that, that, that's a tricky question and a tricky situation. Um, James Coley is a very valuable assistant. He's a very good recruiter. Probably was underutilized as a recruiter by Al Golden, um, but is a guy that, that 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 can offer a lot. But here's the problem. Okay, he's called plays the last two seasons. Mark Rick's going to call the plays from now on. So how's James Coley going to feel about that? You know, he, he's done it in the past. He worked. In a, with a similar situation with Jimbo Fisher up at Florida State. But is he going to want to go back there? So that's that's one factor. And the other factor is that obviously James Coley has a great relationship with Brad Kaya, and those two are attached at the hip. But Mark Richt is a quarterback coach. He is a developer of quarterbacks. That's his reputation. He's He's a play caller. He's an offensive coordinator. 
he may not want a coach that Brad Kaya is that comfortable with as a go-between between him and his quarterback. He might want a fresh start. He may want his own bond. And, you know, therefore, I would say it's 50-50 probably at best for those reasons that James Coley re- remains coaching staff going forward. And if, in fact, that information that I got out of Georgia earlier tonight is accurate, and those two guys are being courted to come join the staff in Coral Gables, and they are, in fact, being talked about for a co-offensive coordinator role underneath Mark Richt, that would seem to suggest that James Coley um, probably would not be in the mix, and uh, you might see Mark Rick coach the quarterbacks himself in that scenario. The Hurricanes absolutely need Stacy Coley back next year. And a lot of people believe he would greatly benefit from another year as a college player. If we were betting, what do we think? Does he stay or go? And, uh, you know, I think Stacy Coley coming into the season probably was hoping that that would be his last year and that he'd be going into the National Football League draft this year. But if he does his due diligence, which all these guys are counseled to do and kind of led through the process, I think he's going to find that right now he's not that high of a draft pick. That consistency, there's been no sustained pattern of excellence from game to game, much less season to season. And I think that for those reasons, that Stacey Coley is more likely, if he's being guided properly, to make the decision to stay with the Hurricanes as opposed to go to the NFL. Because he's a guy that would have a great deal of upside if he stays next year and and really could make himself a lot more money. And really, you could say the same thing about all of these guys that are in, a, in that situation, including Artie Burns. You know, Artie Burns can go on the pros this year. We know his personal situation with the death of his mother, et cetera. He, you know, he could go – he could certainly go in, into the pros and probably be a second-round draft pick. But that's a kid that if he comes back – and continues to work, and continues to get better, he could be a top 15 first-round pick next year. So I think all these guys, when you look at all of them, and, you know, they, they really, really need to think twice about this and not be in such a hurry to run out towards the National Football League because they all still have a lot of upside in college. Who are the guys on offense that are going to benefit the most from the Mark Rick hire? And one opinion thrown out was Brad Kaya and, and Chris Herndon, and I would say that those are as good as as anybody. I, I, you know, I do think that it's going to be good for Kaya to be coached by somebody other than James Coley. I mean, James Coley's done a great job with him, but it's always good to get new input, new ideas, and 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 round out your knowledge and experience as a quarterback when you're hoping to play pro football. So. Um, I would say if we, we were picking one player, it, it without question would be Brad Kaya. Do the Hurricanes have a shot at the Texas running back that decommitted from Georgia? And you, they're talking about Devois Whaley, a six foot, two hundred and five pound running back, a real physical, punishing runner. And I think they absolutely do have a shot. I think that he's been in regular contact with Mark Richt, and uh, I think you will see him visit Miami and that Miami will have a shot to land Whaley in this recruiting class. 
Any chance that Rick goes the junior college route to fill some needs, particularly in the trenches? Uh, always the possibility. We don't see any signs of that right this minute. We don't know of any JUCOs uh, that he has reached out to and is recruiting, uh, but our radar is always up for that because it does make a great deal of sense. Was Butch Davis ever under serious consideration for the Miami job? And I'll tell you, I don't believe he really was. I don't think that Blake James had any intention of hiring Butch Davis. I think that it was a courtesy interview that he was given. In fact, when the Hurricanes hired Mark Richt, Blake James never even called Butch Davis to tell him he wasn't getting the job. Butch Davis heard about it on the radio. So what does that tell you? And the final question, was Mark Richt really considering Virginia? The answer to that is no. Uh, I reported very early after Mark Rick got fired, and I started telling you guys that he was the leading candidate for the Miami job, that he had told Virginia and Maryland no. I, I told you that on day one, uh, about the same time that we also reported that his wife had signed off on him coming to Miami. So all those rumors, the day before the hiring, or the day of the hiring, about him being in Virginia, were obviously total foolishness. I don't understand them. People were claiming they saw him there when he obviously was not there. But the answer to that question is no. He was never seriously considering Virginia. All right, time to get to your calls. Again, the call-in number, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Remember to hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. At, in about 10 minutes, we will be joined by Mike Farrell. He's the national recruiting editor for Rivals.com. And we will talk to Mike for up to a half an hour about recruiting and about how this Mark retiring is going to impact Miami, uh, not just in the state of Florida, but in the state of Georgia and elsewhere. And we'll get uh, Mike's opinions on that. And if we have some time, maybe he'll, he'll uh, take a phone call or two. Um, so let's get right to it. Let's begin tonight. In the 917, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. BK, you're kicking us off tonight, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm here early. I don't know, you know, I didn't have to work today, so I decided to get on as early as possible. Listen, um, I'm questioning. Uh, is it normal or common to see a coach – you know, being hired, them letting go of another coach, and him hitting the recruiting trail still with, like, every coach from the previous staff? Well, I don't know that it's going to continue like this, to be honest with you. I think right now they're locking up the early entry kids, and these coaches have been recruiting those kids from the beginning, so it makes sense that they stay part of the process, whether they're going to be here down the road or not. And uh, it, it's going very well. It's been a very sound strategy. You know, on the East Coast trip, uh, Larry Scott, Hurley Brown were part of the process going up the state with Mark Rick. Today in the Tampa area, James Coley, Art Kehoe, and Larry Scott are, are with them over there. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think I would take it as a firm statement that those guys are going to be on the staff going forward. I just think it made sense to have them be part of the process because they had built-in relationships with those kids. And, um, you know, it just, it just makes the transition easier. And being that they're still being paid by the U and under contract and everything else, 
those coaches have an obligation to assist in the process in every way they can. And, you know, that's why it's, it's been going the way it's been going. Or do you think that makes it that much harder? Kid is like, okay, uh, Rick and Coley and Kehoe came to visit me, but I like Coley and Kehoe. They might not be there. So, you know, is um, it confusing kids or, or no, at this point kids are Jack, just coming? With Jack Allison, it wasn't an issue. It's not confusing them at all. Uh, Jack Allison knows the situation. He's very comfortable with it. And either way it goes, he'll be fine. So, no, I don't think there's any issues there at all. Okay, so do you think the holdup might be that there are the coaches he's looking at are are still going to be coaching in like bowl games and playoffs Correct. and things of that nature, and that's Correct. why there's such a holdup on on him. No doubt about it. The current coaches at Miami are going to be coaching in the bowl game, and the coaches at Georgia are going to be coaching in a bowl game, and then other coaches outside of those programs are probably coaching in bowl games. So everyone's busy. Okay. If you had to name one kid, one one out of the from the left field kid that's going to commit to University of Miami, who do you think that would be? Because there's always one. Like, okay, uh, right we, now, you know, right now, the one kid that surprises everybody. Right now, I would say the running back I just mentioned, who decommitted from Georgia. I think there's a great chance he comes to Miami, Devois Whaley. So that that would be the first one I would throw out for lack of, not, not because he's special, anything special, whatever. It's just they're, they're, right now there isn't really anybody else that, that that we're aware of. I mean, I think that's all developing. Yeah, because but, every you know, like every kid I hear, you know, there's always some offense. You know, as a skill player, except for the three linebackers that we're looking at, Pitney, Quarterman, and uh, what's the other guy? Oh man, the guy that decommitted and trying to come McLeod. back. Like. But, yeah, McLeod. Every recruit is like a skilled position. Like, when do you think they're going to focus on getting, you know, some defensive linemen or offensive linemen, or they're pretty much going to try to just go with what they have this year and no, focus on filling those spots next year? I think I think you'll see that when coaches are in place. You know, when when Those when Mark going to be kind of late in the game, we're getting staff, coaches in like January. That. Yeah, I think you're going to have three big recruiting weekends in January where where that's all the focal point. Right now, all Mark Rick seems well, worried about is locking up these five or six kids that are early entries. You know, how many kids can we take this year? Are we off probation yet? Like, can we take the full stack and a little bit more, or we, no? We believe they can. Yeah, we believe that they've already worked through the uh, nine scholarships and that they will be able to take a full allotment this year. So that's 25, right? Yeah, that's what we're expecting. All right, but if we find six, right? Would they? If we have six early enrollees, would not, that count towards 2015? Uh, not sure how they're working those numbers. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right, Gary. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Um, you got it. Keep me old. You got it. Thanks as always for being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the two five six. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's going on, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? Well, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? How you doing this evening? Pretty good, man. I just got a couple of things I want to touch on. Uh, so, has uh, Mark Rick been to STA yet? Doing any recruiting? Not that we know of. 
just just those just those places that we talked about war worrying only about the early entries. I, I think what he's going to want to do, he's going to want to get his staff in place after the bowl games, and then they're going to take two weeks. They, they'll have about two weeks, week and a half to two weeks, to sit down and get themselves organized for the rest of recruiting in the month of January. Decide who they want, decide who's taking what schools, and, and, and then go out once the dead period's over and, and hit it like crazy. And then they'll have three big recruiting weekends uh, to to close out the class. Okay. Hey, so uh, do you think uh, Mark Rick listened to your show? Or do you Not think yet. he's listening right now? No, I don't think he knows of the show yet. Well, if he if he just so happened to be listening right now, I think he should definitely check out that cornerback over St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, Dante uh, Williams. Yeah, he's, he's got Miami Hurricane written all over him. So if you're listening, Coach, Go out there and holler at that kid, man. We need him on the squad. But uh, on another thing, uh, I've seen that the ticket sales went up. People buying a lot of season tickets, Gary. Yes. That's great. That's great right well, there, man. Well, I mean, there were some people that didn't renew last year that are all coming back. I mean, you've seen them posting on the message boards. Obviously, there's a lot more than that. And uh, I don't think there's any question that Miami will get several thousand season, ticket, season tickets back out of – this Mark Rick hire, and then maybe sell some additional tickets as well to new customers. Right on. Hey, you know, so you said uh, that if, like the last caller touched on, um, if there was a surprise commitment, you say the the RB from uh, Texas. Well, that's what I would say uh, right now because that's the one that's come up. You know, I mean, there'll be more. Trust me, there'll be there'll okay. be several. I was just want, curious about. That DT, I think he's like the number one prospect. DT, I think he's committed to Georgia, or he was at first, but since the coaching shakeup, he's I guess kind of uh, opened up his uh, recruitment again. I was just curious if you had to give a ratio on that. Like, I mean, I'm getting ready. Uh, Mike Farrell's going to be coming on the show here in a minute, and I'm going to ask him those questions and um, okay. you know let him give us a rundown. Of of who on the Georgia commitment list he thinks might be candidates to, to jump over to Miami, and um, you know we'll get we'll get into that with him here in a minute after we're done with you. Okay. Well, all right. One more thing. Uh, so since we got back on, so McLeod, uh, Quarterman, and uh, yeah, what's the other linebacker's name? Can't think of the kid's name. But they're all early enrollees, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I hope he definitely gets those guys that well McLeod to recommit because guys are some very explosive players. And with our linebacker depth this year going out, we could definitely use them, of course. Uh, and I mean that's pretty much all I got, man. Uh, when is our bowl game again? It's the twenty sixth, right? Twenty sixth. So uh, you gonna have? Plenty more shows in between that time. Um, we'll definitely have a show next week, uh, and and then I'll I'll advise you guys from there. You know what the schedule is after that, but we will we'll definitely have a show next week. Okay, well, right on, Gary. Thanks for taking my call, man. Keep me on hold. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, we're going to be joined by Mike Farrell in, in a moment. Um, I've got to hunt him down on the board. So in the meantime. Uh, let's go out to the 678 
You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on? Who's this? Oh, this Kane Junkie. What's up, Kane Junkie? What you got for us, man? <laughs> hey, I just was um, I was wanting to know about. Uh, it was a lot of buzz about Tracy Rocker, uh, the D line coach. I know you mentioned McClendon. He was like uh, out of the way, like not a lot of buzz was being uh, brought up with him being one of the cats to come to, you know, one of the guys. We know about Lily. We know he's probably almost like a shoe-in, but McClendon comes from out of nowhere. So if you said he's the intern right now, yeah. But so what that what does that mean for uh, Kevin Beer if, if McClendon comes? Does that mean Beer out of here? It, it, if, 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 if that is true, if, if what we're hearing out of Georgia is true and McClendon – does in fact follow through and, and 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 accept the position at Miami? It would not it would not look very good for Kevin Beard to remain on the staff, unless they found another role for him and offered it to him. You know, Kevin Beard was in operations before Al Golden made him the receivers coach this year, so not out of the question that Mark Rick, if he goes with McClendon, doesn't maybe offer Kevin Beard his ops job back. But will he be able to recruit? Like a lot of wide receivers, not, you know, not to the same degree, not to the same degree, no, not to the same degree. But but you got to remember one thing: Kevin Beard has a relationship with Sam Bruce and maybe a couple other of the, of the local receivers. But in in total well, honesty, and I love Kevin Beard, but I don't think Kevin Beard, Beard has to be a receivers coach for Sam Bruce to come be a Miami Hurricane. I just don't. So, but you know, not just. But not just with Bruce, you know, like when Kevin Beard came on, Palm Beach, like we were lighting up with Palm Beach commitment that he, you know, wasn't just working with wide receivers. But, you know, of course, the whole picture was like, you know, well, I don't really want to play for the leader. But, you know, we had a whole lot of cats that decommitted from that area um, that was, you know, just coming back to back, Palm Beach, Palm Beach, like an area that we struggled in. Uh, yeah, but they're, get, they're getting Zach McLeod back this weekend, and then you know Amon Richards is certainly. We had gonna... Isaiah. Uh, we had Isaiah from Dwyer. Yeah, he. he I don't Johnson. think he'll come back in the fold, but I, I do think Amon Richards. There's a very good chance that that he will sign with Miami before it's all said and done. Are you believe? Yeah, that's that 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 is what I believe right now. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now, like you said, now I was the one who wanted to know about, you know, what's so bad about Martinez. Now, you you, you hit on my point exactly when you said uh, Grantham and and the smart, uh, not smart, but uh, Pruitt, Pruitt. The, the, so, the so-called sexy hire, the big-time hire that backfired. Grantham, when Grantham was at Georgia, that defense was one of the worst. Um, so if he would it, wouldn't it make sense if he had the right, position coaches and, and pretty much serve like with the uh you know, Martinez is basically like an overseer, just how he'll do the offense, like he bringing two guys in to be cold to run the offense. Really he's the you know, the driving point behind it, but he'll just basically have the, the plan written out and they'll just carry it out while he's well, it, what it, what it really is, it's an excuse <laughs> to pay those guys more money, which which will help draw them onto the staff. All right, hey, listen, I got um, I got Mike Farrell on the, on the line now, so I'm going to um, okay. I'm going to go to Mike, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, national recruiting and 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 how Miami factors in. So, thanks for being part of the show. If you want to come on again, feel free to call back later on tonight. I'll put you back on hold. Okay. All right. 
All right, thanks for thanks for calling. All right, we're we're joined now by Mike Farrell, the national recruiting editor for Rivals.com, and uh, obviously the best in the business at covering recruiting all over the country. And uh, Mike, welcome to Kane Sport Live. Thanks, thanks for having me. So obviously, everyone's wondering, you know, what the impact of this coaching change at Miami is going to have on recruiting across the country. What impact it's going to have. On Miami, so let me start out by just giving you the floor and talk to us a little bit about your perceptions of the coaching change, what it means for Miami, and then tell us about Mark Rick, the recruiter. Well, I think it's a great move. You know, obviously, it's a, a guy who, you know, uh, has ties, great ties to Miami. Uh, has been a very successful coach in the SEC. Well thought of, uh, high character individual. Um, you know, his program was run very clean at Georgia and, and, uh, not a person out there has a bad word to say about Mark Rick, the person. And I think that's going to really bode well recruiting wise. Um, you know, like it did at Georgia in Miami. Now, you know, he obviously had run of Georgia. Uh, Georgia tech wasn't a huge threat. You know, Auburn came in, stole some kids away and, uh, and there were obviously SEC and ACC programs that had a little bit of success there, but they were the big dog, uh, no pun intended, in Georgia. Obviously, it's going to be a much more competitive landscape in Florida, um, but I think this is a very good hire for Miami. Uh, you know, I know I was one of the guys when Al Golden was hired who said that he was a tremendous recruiter, and I still believe that to this day. I think Al Golden could recruit very, very well, and, and he obviously inherited a very difficult situation. Um you know, and and I don't know after seeing some of the changes he didn't make on his staff and, and some of the things that occurred uh coaching wise, I don't know if everybody believes Al Golden is a great football coach. Um, you know, Mark Rick has to answer those same questions. But as a recruiter, there there's zero doubt that he's going to take Miami recruiting to a new level. He's gonna battle for kids in South Florida, but he's also gonna battle all throughout the state of Florida. He's going to use his ties into Georgia, um, you know, go up into North Carolina, South Carolina, over to Alabama. And I think, you know, he's going to really recruit the Southeast specifically and spot recruit elsewhere. So I think it's a really good hire. Now, I I, I ranked Rick, I believe, today number two behind Kirby Smart uh, on the guys that I thought would have successful recruiting runs at their new schools. And the reason for that is, you know, I believe that he's heading into a much, much more competitive landscape. Uh, I had him third, actually, behind Clay Helton at USC because USC just picks and chooses out in California. Um, so I, I do think a lot of them, and I think a lot of the move itself. Um, but there are some challenges, Gary, as you know, um, you know, because everybody's coming into South Florida and they have been for about a decade. Oh, I mean, Mario Cristobal was working the town today, and, you know, I'm sure he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after Miami – didn't even interview him for the head coaching position. And, uh, you know, that's just for starters. I mean, yeah, every school yeah. In, in the in the country, as everyone knows, has been making South Florida their playground for the past several years. But um, one thing that jumps out at me about Mark Richt coming into this job that I can't really remember a comparable example of this that I think could be just a massive advantage for Miami 
And that's the fact that he's been recruiting the state of Georgia for the last 15 years as the head coach at Georgia. And that means that every high school coach in the state has been coming to Athens to participate in his camps and has gotten to know him and that he has personal relationships with pretty much every high school coach in the state of Georgia. And then you add to the equation the fact that he's now wearing the U on his chest in the, and and gets the built-in advantages that that brings in the southern part of the state of Florida in particular, but also in the northern part of Florida where he's been recruiting extensively as well. And this is a guy that is positioned to be absolutely dominant, Mike, in recruiting from Georgia on down if he puts together any type of decent coaching staff that can help him execute. Yeah, you know, he's definitely set up. Now, you know, the reason people ask me all the time, you know, oh, which is the best job out there? And, and you know, it's USC right now simply because they don't have the competition. You know, they're they're going against UCLA, they're going against Stanford and Cal and, and Oregon, and, and those are nice programs, but it's not cutthroat recruiting out there. Um, Mark Richt has a lot of advantages, as you just mentioned, um, and it is the deep south. <laughs> recruiting. Um, so, as you mentioned, you know, Cristobal's in there, and, and, and Florida's coming uh, into South Florida. Florida State, uh, Alabama, Auburn, you name it, LSU. That's where I think this is going to get very interesting because now we've got a guy who's well-respected, who was in the SEC, who does have tremendous ties to the state of Georgia, who is a tremendous recruiter. Georgia, uh, I believe, the worst they finished in our rankings ever under Mark Rick was 15th. And I believe out of his 15 years, they finished in the top 10, 11 times. Now um, that's off memory. You know, we, we did some research when he was hired as to his recruiting success and, and, um, and things like that. So this is a guy that can recruit. This is a guy who's very, very good uh, dealing with not only parents, uh, you know, but, but um, coaches, uh, relatives, you, you name it, he can do it. Um, the challenge here, Gary, is that the state of Georgia, people grow up in the state of Georgia dreaming, you know, to play for uh, the Bulldogs. They, they grow up dreaming, you know, to play between the hedges and, and, and just it's, it's in the culture in a lot of places. So the other thing I've noticed about these Georgia kids is they stay together. Um, I'd say probably since the dream team, and I'm, I'm using air quotes there, you know, the Ray Drew class that I think was in 2011 really Mark Rick's downfall because that class with, with um, Isaiah Crowell and some of those guys just didn't pan out. Um, you know, Nick, Nick Marshall was in that class. You know, they stay together more than a, a lot of states. So a lot of these kids that you're, you're looking at here, are tied together. Mecole Hardman, a lot of people think, oh, maybe you go to Tennessee, Demetrius Robertson, maybe you go to Alabama. You know, if, if one of them decides to go to Georgia, they're really going to have an influence on the others. And you don't see that in the state of Florida as much. Um, so he's going to have a challenge bringing those kids down and getting them to commit and stick. He's not going to have a problem getting them to visit. Uh, I think he's going to be very successful in the state of Georgia getting kids to get on campus. And we all know in recruiting there's a saying, you know, you get them on campus, you got a chance. And I think that's one of the things that, that um, Rick's going to be able to do better than Al Golden when it comes to some of the surrounding states. All right, let's talk coaches for a minute. Nobody knows who's going to be on the Rick staff. He hasn't said – everything's pure speculation right now. 
But uh, we did hear tonight that there are a couple guys on the staff at Georgia who are under very, very strong consideration slash likelihood to come to Miami. The first is John Lilly. He's the tight ends coach mm-hmm. at Georgia, was the, was the recruiting coordinator at Florida State. Florida State, yep. And, and, and he's a guy, Mike, that I've known about, obviously, for years, that I've always felt that you could count on to deliver you three or four just real solid players every single, every single year. What can you tell us about John Lilly? He's a veteran of the recruiting wars. You know, he's not a flashy guy. He's not a you know rah rah rip shirt off guy, and and uh, he's not he's not an overly slick guy. What he is is he's a guy who's been through everything. He's recruited at the highest level possible. You know, the job that he did at Florida State um, was tremendous. You know, and he didn't get a lot of credit for that, but um, he was the guy who really brought in a lot of those those tremendous classes at the end of the Bowden era you know, where they weren't utilized and coached up properly. So a lot of that gets overlooked. But, you know, Bobby Bowden at Florida State was recruiting very high-level prospects. They just weren't being developed. Um, and Lily was a big part of that. And I think he can be, you know, obviously a big part of this. The, the, there's there's a lot of talk as to who Kirby Smart's going to keep, who's going to go. You know, originally McClendon, Brian McClendon was thought to be safe, and now there's some questions about that. Um, you know, Jeremy Pruitt obviously – I don't think at this point going to be hired by, by either Miami or Georgia. Um, He's going to Bama. You know, is that confirmed? No, no, no. But just what I'm, I, just, I from what I'm just, just from what I'm hearing. I don't know. You know, there was so much turmoil within the staff at the end, um, you know, and a lot of it, as you heard, the rumors and, and saw out there had to do with, with Pruitt. So I'm really curious to see where he lands if he lands in the SEC and, and what his reputation is, because, um, you know, I, I do know that based on the way he and Rick ended things, from what I understand, he's not going to end up in Miami, and, and that might be a good thing. McClendon is a good recruiting coach as well. So, you know, if they pull Lily and McClendon from from the Georgia staff, I think that's a pretty good start. Um, but Mark Rick knows everybody. He's got connections everywhere. He's a smart guy. He's going to get guys that he feels fit what he does. I think he was forced over the last few years when he had to make a few different coaching changes because people were impatient that he wasn't winning a national title or the SEC uh, to take some guys that he didn't feel comfortable with. And at Miami, that's not going to be the case. Um, you know, Miami, a lot of Miami recruits itself with the, you know, with the reputation and, and the swag and, and the U, um, but it is so cutthroat in the southeast, more so than I've ever seen it. That's why I'm excited about Mark Rick being hired because I think if they brought someone else who hadn't been through these SEC recruiting wars, um, you know, like Al Golden had never been through this, I think there there might be some questions as to what happened. Tell us more about McClendon because I'm hearing he also is very likely to come to Miami. Uh, he's he's interim head coach right now. He was their recruiting coordinator, passing game coordinator, and wide receivers coach. Uh, tell us about Brian McClendon, the recruiter. Top 25 guy. I think it's either one or two years. You know, I, I we we do the top 25 um, you know national recruiters, and I think it's two straight years because uh, you know I do the letters and the plaques, and and I I remember distinctively when those plaques come to my house and I have to go through them and, and send them out. Um, 
you know, I have to contact each coach individually. And, and I think I, I've contacted him definitely more than once, probably twice. I don't think three times, but uh, he does a tremendous job on that staff. Um, he's also a guy, you know, unlike Lily, you know, he's a guy who, who will be a little bit flashy. He will go in there. Um, you know, he'll be able to relate to, to pretty much anybody um, and, and sort of change personality when he has to. And, and I think that's a good mix. You know, Mark Rick is very much like Coach Lilly. Uh, you know, they're straightforward guys. Um, you know, families love him. Uh, kids love McLennan. Uh, they really do love him a lot, and that's why he gets a lot of them at Georgia. So he would be a tremendous addition to the staff. Anytime you can get top 25 recruiters on your staff uh, nationally who have been there, done that, uh, I think it's extremely important. Now, another name I'm hearing, Mike, is Todd Hartley, who was Georgia's director of recruiting. And hearing that he might be brought to Miami and maybe given a, a coaching position, do you know anything about Todd Hartley? You know, just behind the scenes stuff, and and that's as important as ever uh, these days. You know, obviously, when the NCAA decided to allow you know staffs to expand a bit on their behind the scenes recruiting uh, staff, those guys are the ones that, when the kid's on campus, you know, from the moment he arrives to the moment he leaves, everything has to be organized, uh, everything has to be scheduled. They re- they have to you know relate very well on campus to to recruits. So. A lot of the guys who don't have that on-the-road recruiting tag can be tremendous recruiters. They just haven't had a chance yet. And, and um, you know, Coach Azar, who just left Alabama to go to Maryland as a defensive back, is a great example of that. Um, you know, a behind-the-scenes guy who is, I think, extremely important to Alabama's efforts. And I think you could say the same thing at Georgia. They've had a couple guys there uh, over the years that have been very, very successful um, you know, where you follow up with kids and do interviews, uh, and they, they don't mention the position coach, you know, and they don't, they don't, they mention the head coach, of course, but they don't mention the defensive coordinator. They mention, you know, uh, the recruiting director, player personnel director, who really was the one who showed them everything. Uh, so I think, you know, people may not know a lot about him, but he would be a good addition as well because Mark Rick trusts him. Yeah, and he's 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 got some coaching experience from when he was at Marshall. He worked with defensive backs for some time. He worked with tight ends over there, and and he also served as a graduate assistant at, at Georgia and got some coaching experience as well. So uh, the speculation that that we're hearing tonight is that he also might get a spot on the staff. Now, um, switching gears away from the coaches to players. Uh, running back out of Texas, Devois Whaley, who had been committed to Georgia, has now decommitted. We're hearing that he's going to visit Miami. Uh, what do you think the chances are that Whaley lands in Miami with Mark Richt, and wh- what can you tell us about him as a player? Well, you know, he's obviously a, a tremendous running back. We've got him highly, highly rated, and, and he's a guy that was coveted um, not only nationally but, but in the state of Texas and, and got away. You know, right now, when you look at the guys that are showing interest in visiting Miami or or showing interest in, in speaking to Coach Rick now that he's got a new job, it is so wide open and it is so difficult to project. And, and your job right now is, is extremely difficult because, you know, you've got these guys who have connections to Coach Rick, but they were committed. Now, he's a Texas kid committed to Georgia, so he's willing to leave. So he's a guy that I – I would have no problem saying, hey, you know, he might follow Mark Rick. Um, 
you know, it's some of these other guys like Ben Cleveland or, or Jacob Eason, as we saw, you know, sort of seemingly an early enrollee who was eliminated in Miami, but looked at it closely because of the relationship there. That's the thing we've got to see Malik Young at, at Coconut Creek. We've got to see if these guys, you know, click with, with Kirby Smart or if they decommitted like Whaley, you know, do they do they set back and say, you know what, that was a risk, I was going to go far away, it didn't work out, I'm going to play it safe, or are they willing to follow him specifically? Until he gets a staff around him, I don't think you're going to see anybody do that. Um, but if he gets the right offensive coordinator, if they run, and again, I know he's going to be calling the plays from what I hear, um, but if they run the same offense that Whaley fell in love with, he could be a guy that uh, that ends up there for sure. Hey, Mike, when you look at the Georgia commit list, and I, I'm sure you don't, you do not have it right in front of you right now, but hopefully you've looked at it uh, somewhat recently. Um, and if you haven't, just you just tell me. But uh, and you look, if you look at that list, Julian Rochester jumps out. Uh, Tyler Clark jumps out just because Miami's so desperate for defensive tackles. Um, are, are there any kids that stand out to you? That that you think might be candidates to go to Miami? Well, I think obviously you know Malik Young is the first one he, because he's he's a Florida kid. Um, I don't know about Tyler Clark. Tyler Clark, I've been hearing a lot of Tennessee, you know, potentially flipping him. And and again, as Kirby Smart, you know, builds his staff and decides to keep guys and bring new guys in, it's going to affect all of these players. <clears throat> so I, I think you could see. You know, obviously, Rochester has been up and down, you know, when it comes to looking at different schools. He was, he was very solid with Georgia, um, obviously, upon commitment, but it took him a little while to get to that commitment. And he's also very tied in with a lot of those guys like Antoine Jackson and, and Michael Harmon and Demetrius Robertson. Um, but right now, I would say we got to wait and see who comes over. You know, who's been recruiting these guys? Um, you know, what relationships are they going to build? When when are they going to take official visits? And I think that's where it starts, you know, this weekend with, with the visits. Um, then we'll get a feel for whether Malik Young or somebody like that decides to flip. But a lot of these guys have been Georgia commitments for a while. I think they're going to play it patient. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see a couple of them take a visit down there. Um, but right now I couldn't tell you, like, flip factor high, other than Ben Cleveland, who I know isn't going anywhere. I mean, that kid is – he's been 100% Georgia since he was, like, you know, I don't know, eight years old. Um, but beyond that, I, I think you could see them possibly get in, you know, with some of these guys that, that might look around, like a, like a Chauncey Manic, Tyler Clark, I mean, they need defensive tackles badly. So you know they're going to push on that. Um, that's the one position, I think, where Miami really needs some help. Um and that kid who is at a school that, that you know, isn't recruited overly uh, strongly by a lot of places, you know, it's not right in the center of, of, of everything, uh, that's a kid that could go down there and see immediate playing time, whereas at Tennessee, who's, you know, trying to lure him away, they've gotten, what, three five-star defensive tackles in the last two years? Um, Georgia, they've got, what, you know, four-star or higher defensive tackles, probably five or six in the last five years. Um, so if they play their cards right with a kid like that and he, and, he, and he really likes to visit, the playing time could be something that really uh, influences him. 
Another position of need is linebacker, and, and in his first week on the job, Mark Richt has been focused on that. They've got three early entry kids from the state of Florida. Zach McLeod from the Palm Beach area, he decommitted, um, but now is telling us that he's going to recommit this weekend on his official visit. Uh, Michael Pinckney and Shaq Quarterman from the Jacksonville area are solid Miami commits. That's three linebackers. From, from the state of Florida coming in as early entries that, that Miami is hoping will shore up its linebacker position. Uh, your opinion on those three guys before we let you go? Well, I think, you know, Quarterman's a big, big physical guy. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that certainly, to me, is a middle um, and, and a very strong middle who does better work moving forward than he does uh, laterally. But, you know, like anybody else, he's going to get faster. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get a little bit more quick twitch. Um, McLeod is the guy that I think is the most important right now um, simply because he's he's a kid who could come in and play immediately, at least in my opinion, he can play immediately. Um, and, and they need immediate help because of what they're losing there. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to project linebackers because they have to pick up the scheme and they have to see exactly – you know, how they fit into it, and, and it all depends on how smart they are and picking up the signals and things like that. But I, I look at McLeod as the most important right now recommitment um, that, that Miami has on the defensive side of the ball. If they can get him locked up this weekend, he's a kid that I think uh, will be a medium impact guy. And, Mike, tonight uh, Mark Richt has been visiting, um, has been over in the uh, – in the Tampa area with, with his with his coaches doing some recruiting and stopped by to, to see uh, quarterback Jack Allison tonight. And, uh, you know, there was so much scuttlebutt with Jacob Eason considering possibly visiting Miami this weekend. But Jack Allison, he, he stood in there and he said that he doesn't care, that he, you know, he doesn't shy away from competition, and now it looks like he won't have it and that he is going to be a solid Miami commitment and go to Miami. Uh, final parting thoughts on Jack Allison. Well, and also I'm sure they're going to stop by Nate Craig Myers and, and see him and, you know, uh, Javon Myers, his, his brother. Um, you know, I think if they can get those guys on campus, they have a chance to get in here as well. Um, you know, Allison's a, a terrific quarterback. He's going into a very good situation. You know, because you've got Kaya, assumedly, for one year. Uh, you go in there, there's no pressure. You learn under him, and then you take the reins. Uh, it's not a really convoluted quarterback situation like you have at Florida. Um, and it's not a desperate quarterback situation like you have at Georgia. So I think it's a real good fit for him. Um, he's a kid who seems to have a good head on his shoulders. You know, he, he knows why he picked Miami. Um, you know, he knows Mark Rick. Listen, the guy's an offensive guy. Uh, you know, he's an offensive guy at Florida State, um, you know, did a great job there. Um, it, it, he runs a pro-style offense. That's what the NFL wants out of these kids. You know, these spread quarterbacks are, are really having difficulty at times adjusting to the NFL. So, just smart kid. And he's also a recruiter. He's going to get on the horn. He's going he's gonna to try, I think. Uh, and Nate Craig Myers is that guy that everybody's sort of looking at and saying, okay, are you going to look uh, at Miami now? Your brother's decommitted from Florida. You're wide open. Um, North Carolina's in there, but I don't think that's, that's you know, I don't think they're the leader. Auburn is definitely up there and, and Florida State and Florida, but I think Miami gets in with them, and I think Allison could help them. 
He's Mike Farrell, National Recruiting Editor for Rivals.com. And Mike, as always, we thank you for coming and being part of our show. And I'll be in touch at some point and try to book you for some time there in mid to late January and uh, get some fresh thoughts on what Miami's doing in recruiting. So, you know, thank you again so much for spending some time with us tonight. All right, no problem. Good luck trying to keep up with all this stuff, Gary. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, we got our seatbelt fastened, no doubt about that. Thanks, Mike. All right, see ya. You got it. Mike Farrell, National Recruiting Editor for Rivals.com. And um, you could tell just by listening to him, a guy that just overflows with knowledge of all these players and, and what's going on in recruiting around the country. And we're glad that we were able to get him on tonight's show. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number as always. Let's continue on with your calls. Remember, if you want to come on the show, hit the number one on your keypad. Let's go out now to the 845 where you are live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary, how you doing? Greg. What's up, Greg? How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, before I talk football, I just wanted to commend the job Lyron Egg is doing with the basketball team. Hopefully, Rick can do the same kind of job. Yes, sir. No doubt about that. That was a, that was a very oh. classy win last night. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my first uh, point is, has there ever been an instance where a coach who's taking over like Rick coaches the ball game? No. No, I, so I mean, not he, that I, if he not, wanted not, to coach it, he wouldn't be able to. It, it wouldn't even be an issue. I mean, not that I can ever remember, ever, ever in my, you know, my lifetime, if I ever seen a new coach come in and coach the team that's finishing out the season in the bowl game. Uh, that, that a bowl game is a reward to the coaches and players that have been in place through the year. Those coaches are under contract to coach the bowl game. They mostly, in most cases, they get bowl bonuses and things like that. So that's why you don't see a lot of these coaches switching jobs before the bowl games. You know, they're 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 contractually tied to their existing school, and there's money involved. You know, most most schools pay bonuses to their coaches for making a bowl game. Okay, as far as the uh, uh, D coordinator's job. I think anybody's in the mix right now because you saw that the Virginia, the ex-Virginia coach just took a job as a assistant head coach at uh, Maryland. So who knows who, who's in, uh, who's trying to talk to right now. You agree with that? that Absolutely. It's wide open. Wide open, as wide open as can be. And people keep asking us, who's the D.C. going to be? Who's the D.C. going to be? I mean, we haven't even heard a, ru- a legitimate rumor. I mean, it, it is totally wide open. All right. Um, as far as recruiting now, um, did you say that you thought Amon Richards is going to come back into the fold? I think there's a very good chance. You know, they've they got to get the coaches in place. they got to see who the receivers coach is going to be. But, I'm, you know, Amon Richards wants to go to Miami. He, he's looking for a reason to go to Miami, not vice versa. I know Alabama's been playing around with him and stuff, but, you know, they're going to get Calvin Ridley's brother. That's one receiver. And, you know, how many how many guys are, are, are you know, can, can they take? So uh, I, I do think that Amon Richards will – get back in the mix for Miami very quickly once a receiver coach is hired. Okay. Now, when Rick goes over the list of the recruits that Golden got, does he allow – I mean, is it right 
for him to say we don't want you? Of course. Uh, sir, so it's okay. Very, very much within his rights to do that. Now, okay, who do you, will he? I don't know. You know, we don't know that yet. I mean, I'm sure that he's still evaluating all of that, and he'll do so when he gets his coaches. But if if you're asking me, going down the list. Um, I, I think Jack Allison is rock solid. I think Sam Bruce is solid. I think Tyler Bird is solid. Um, Jawan Hamilton, if they decide that they still want him, I think would be solid, although I think Mark Rick prefers bigger running backs, so he would be a candidate to drop off, potentially. Uh, Reginald Henderson, two-star wide receiver, uh, I think is always a candidate to drop off. Um, I think Evan Hinson is solid. Travis Homer is solid. Michael Irvin is solid. Um, Deion Jackson is a kid that I expect to drop off. He's been having some things going on in his life. I, I, from what I understand, he moved to the Jacksonville area and nobody's really sure what's up with him. Um, so I think he's very questionable to remain on the commit list, but I think Joseph Jackson, Deontay Mullins, they're solid. Um, Jaquan Nelson should be solid. Um, not sure on Desmond Phillips right now. Uh, Pinkney and Quarterman are obviously solid, and um, I think Cedric Wright is solid. And not sure right now about James Wiggins, but he should be solid as well. So um, there might be one or two that maybe they decide that they don't want, but I'm expecting for the most part the commit list to stick pretty much together. All right, one last point now about Mario Cristobal. With all these job openings, how come he hasn't gotten a sniff from anyone. Do you find um, that odd? Honestly, I think he's a little blackballed right now because of what happened at FIU. You know, I think people are a little a little little scared to go there, you know, uh and that's something that he's gonna have to overcome. You know, I obviously his agent's not doing a good enough job of helping him work through all that. I mean it was an unfortunate deal that he got into with Pete Garcia at FIU, but um you're absolutely right. He he's not getting the level of consideration that you would think that he should and would be getting. And uh, obviously for him and his career, it's a problem right now that he's going to have to figure out and, and and figure out maybe re-strategize a little bit how he's going about trying to get that head coaching job and, and what might be in his best interest. All right. I'll just leave you with this. Uh, I know someone who spoke to uh, Stacy Coley's high school coach, Donnell Bennett, and he said he thinks he's going to stay. He has to stay. If he goes out, he's a fool. I mean, he'll. he'll right, I agree with you. Right now, he's probably a fourth or fifth round pick. He, he, okay, so he, who do you, you think was better in college, Stacy Cole or Alan Hearns? Right now? I would who say, do you think has more potential, Stacy Cole or Alan Hearns? You know. Craig, it's hard to answer that question. Alan Hearns was a big receiver, a, a, a more physical kid uh, who has translated extremely well into the NFL and landed in the perfect spot for him on a team that doesn't have a lot of great players. And it allowed him to w- walk in there and compete very quickly and kind of carve out a niche for himself. You know, I'm not sure if you put Alan Hearns on a lot of other teams that he would be having the same impact. So being in Jacksonville has worked out great for him. Uh, Stacy Coley has a lot of potential, but he's just not there right now. He, you know, he's not well, consistent. He um, has had a lot of ups and downs in his career. He needs to come back 
and really get focused and put a full season together. If he does that and shows the NFL scouts that he can do that for a sustained period of 11, 12 games, then his draft stock is going to go up immeasurably, and I see him climbing up to maybe like a second-round pick next year. Uh, right. He can, he can do that. He should see that Hearns wasn't even drafted, so he really should come back. All right, thank you. I'll see you next week. You got it, Greg. Thanks for being part of the show, as always. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 850, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? Omar. What's happening, Omar? Talk to us. Okay, not much, man. Um, well, um, we'll get right to it. One point. Uh, do you think we'll get a uh, a big time D tackle this this recruiting period? I think we really do need that. Oh my God! Well, look. If you look at Mark Rick's track record and his staff's track record of recruiting at Georgia, they always found uh, big time. They always found big time D tackles. It, so, yeah, and I, I, yeah, I heard the other guy was saying that. That's why I was like, we really need one, though. We that's something that I think is just as critical as linebacker right now. Like offense, we pretty much set with the people coming in and who we got right now. But defense, we got to get that line. That front seven is crucial, and that cornerback too. Because I don't, yeah, we gotta. I don't know what Artie gonna do, so we definitely gonna need more people stepping in. We got good. I think we're. I like where um. What what the boy name Redwine and and the other guy Jackson that you know came in, but I I think we just need one more good back. Good, good I think he, I think they need more than one more. I I, you know, I I don't. You know what? There are not too many positions on this football team that don't need to be addressed. There really aren't, if you look at it honestly. I mean, I don't know. I, safety, we're. I think we're gonna be good at safety, but we're just losing bodies more than we are, and we losing Bush. You know, that's gonna be big. But I think we'll be okay at safety. We you're losing Bush, you're losing Crawford, and you got Jamal Carter for one more year. Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah. I think you need. I think you need everything. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember yeah. that you, you need somebody freshmen to come in and play first year. So I think they need. Yeah. I think they need everything. I really do. Yeah, that defensive side. But um, uh, I ain't really got too much more points, man. I'm gonna keep it moving on. You can go talk to somebody else. You got it, man. Thanks as always for being, for being part of the show. Let's go out now to the seven seven three. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Billy in Austin. How are you? What's up, Billy? Welcome back. Um, I think to Greg's point, I wanted to. You know, I don't know if Hearns was a great comparison, but it kind of uh, Stacey Coley kind of has the draft stock uh, feel or outcome like Tommy Streeter. Would that be a, more of an accurate assessment, you think? Yeah. I mean, hopefully he'll be better than Tommy Streeter. Tommy Streeter, actually, they are kind of comparable in, in the sense that Tommy Streeter went pro before he should have. And he went pro That's before, what I mean. yeah, before he was fully developed. And... He never really panned out, because, and Correct. I think that had a lot to do with it. And that's 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 what it feels like with Stacey Coley. Um, but I don't think Stacey can make the same decision. I really don't. I'm I'm hoping. No, no. Stacey, but I'm saying, you know, I'm hoping he gets better advice. It, 
Yeah, I mean, Hearns was a big possession guy. You know, Stacey Coley is more of a finesse guy. Um, and Streeter had that, you know, that big that big home run potential, kind of like Coley does and Hearns did not. Um, all right, well, here's my, here's my question. I know it's, you know, I try and read through, uh, you know, the lines a little bit with less emotion with the new coaching hire. I think a lot of our fan base is overly excited just because of how desperate um, we are. Um, with this new coach coming in, what do you see differently in the first week compared to previous new coaches, you know, their first couple of days on the job? Nothing really, because he's not really doing anything in that regard. He's just been getting organized. He's been, he's been talking to people. He's been going out on the road recruiting. So, you know, I'm not sure I can really say anything right now is different because it's not. You know, every everything's the same as it's always been right now. Okay. Well, sometimes you know, you know, we he was at the game you know, last night, and I know he had some some nice words. He seemed very, you know, warm and warmly welcomed. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement about new coaches. Yeah, there's um, enormous excitement. Okay. Um, can you please put all of our biggest nightmare to rest? and assure us that uh, Mark D'Onofrio is not going to be the defensive coordinator for Mark Richt? There is zero chance of that. And just out of curiosity, in your opinion, why? I mean, obviously we know why that he's not produced, but that was a pretty bold answer you just gave me. Why Why do you say that? Well, I mean, obviously with Mark Rick coming in and defense having been the biggest problem under Al Golden – that there's going to be a complete house cleaning on that side of the ball. I mean, the only one that might stick is Hurley Brown. Okay. Well, I think a lot and of that's a big just, uh, And that's failed. a big might right now. I'm not sure he's going to stick either. I mean, you know, but he might. Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, you, know, so, you know, personally, I think sometimes with, I know we all are emotionally attached to the Beards and the, and the Browns and the Kehoes, the alum, but at the end of the day, they were part of this, this regime it wasn't just Al Golden's fault. So sometimes the more you can take away out of the bad equation, the better off we can all be, even if it costs us a kid here or there. None of these kids are bigger than, you know, on a micro level than a macro level growth of a, of a new coaching staff. Um, let's talk football. Um, we have a bowl game. Nobody's talked about it in an hour and a half into the show. What are your initial thoughts on us, number one, going to the Sun Bowl and the, you know, tricky opponent of Mike Leach? I think it's horrible on both fronts. Uh, you know, I don't feel real good about the matchup against Mike Leach and his offense. You know, I, I think you've got a defensive coordinator in D'Onofrio who's looking for a job right now. And the big issue is going to be how invested is he in this ball game. I think the kids will get fired up and they'll want to go and play well and they'll embrace the challenge. But um, I, I do wonder how invested Mark D'Onofrio will be in this ball game. It's obviously uh, going to be a tough challenge. Uh, you put the Hurricanes in, in uh, El Paso, Texas. It's a very tough travel for most Hurricane fans on the East Coast and in the state of Florida. So I don't think you're going to have a great representation out there. So I, I think because of all those things, it it's about as bad as it gets for what the, the, the different options and possibilities were going into the bowl bid process. I would have rather seen them um, play an SEC team in Charlotte maybe or even go to the pinstripe bowl, even though the opponent, Indiana, w- w- wouldn't have been very sexy there. Uh, I think Miami fans would have enjoyed going to 
a bowl game in Yankee Stadium. So uh, I didn't like it. I thought it was very bad. But, you know, when you don't win and you don't draw and you're not going to travel, you don't have a ton of leverage when it comes to bowl games. And you do, but you do think the players come out fired up. Last, you know, the reason I asked last time, we had a new coach. We went to the Sun Bowl and we had a snowball fight um, on yeah. our sidelines when we're down three touchdowns. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and you know, I, I live here in Texas. El Paso's kind of a different part of Texas, but it can be 65 and sunny, or it can be like it was, you know, four or five years ago, where it's 29 degrees, gloomy and windy. Um, I don't know how our boys uh will like that. None of them, none of them really seem too happy on Twitter about the announcement. So um, yeah, well, you just never I know. Think, I, I think it'll help that they're going to be auditioning for their new head coach a little bit. You know, he'll, I'm sure he'll be out there watching them and practice and, and watching them play and, and, and getting a, a good look at what he's got coming back and those kind of things. Uh, so that might help them a little bit. And look, Larry Scott's done a great job keeping these kids focused and motivated. And I don't think it'll be any different out there. I think he'll find some way to push the right buttons and get those kids to rally together for each other. I just don't know if I like the matchup very well. I don't, you know, I don't see the defense having a great deal of success against that offense. You mean you don't like McCord being matched up against a, a five foot eight slot receiver when they're going five <laughs> wide? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't like it. I, I, I think stopping that offense involves a lot of detail, time and effort. And I just don't know if I see a coach who's got one foot out the door being able to rise up in that situation when, when it wasn't that situation he also he wasn't able to rise up anyway, so we'll see. Well, last question, will you please put me on hold? Um, were you surprised that uh, our former leader Al Golden did not uh, has not been hired by anyone yet? No, you fail at Miami, you're gonna have a hard time getting a job. And you know he wasn't even seriously considered for the um, the Rutgers job, which is right there in his home state. So you know that kind of tells you what he's facing here, uh, you know, in looking for a new employment. So I, I don't think Al Golden will, will, will get a head coaching job anytime soon. Great. Thanks, Gary. Have a good night. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, I'm going to take a moment here to talk to you about our sponsor this evening. Holiday parties are approaching, and you don't want to show up empty-handed. Everybody wants to eat, drink, and be merry during the holidays, and we've got you covered on the eating part. There's an incredible website that I have to tell you about, and I've been telling you about all football season, actually. And when you hear the name, you can't forget it. And that's Nuts.com, where they have, in my opinion, the best-tasting nuts on the planet. Nuts.com is the simple and convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy nuts and so many other tasty treats from around the world delivered straight to your door. Right now, new customers get the Nuts.com Holiday Tin for free with their purchase. That's a $20 value. For full details, go to Nuts.com, click on the microphone on the front page, enter in our Kane Sport Live code name, Kane, and you'll get all the incredible details about this free Holiday Tin Offer. Nuts.com includes mini yogurt pretzels, cinnamon toast caramel, half-pop popcorn, 
sugar cookie bites, and chocolate-covered cranberries. That offer for the holiday tin is good while supplies last, so don't miss out. It's a perfect item for snacking during the holidays or to take to parties. NutsNutsNuts.com. Big, salty, sweet, whatever kind you like to munch on. Let Nuts.com take care of you and your taste buds this holiday season. And again, new customers to Nuts.com can get a free holiday tin with those items for free with their purchase. That's a $20 value. For full details, just go to Nuts.com. Click on the microphone and enter our code name for Kane Sport Live, Kane, C-A-N-E. This offer expires soon, so don't wait. Go to Nuts.com and enter the code name Kane for this limited time deal. That's Nuts.com, code name Kane. All right, let's continue on with the show now. And let's go out to the 863, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how's it going? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? All right, all right. This is Livingston. This is L, um, Shaver Boy 79. Um, I, I just have a couple questions, um, a couple things. Um, earlier you said that, um, um, I think it was Butch that you said, or that didn't even get a phone call to be informed that um, he was not the new hire. Do you know if, if that was the case for the other um, candidates or just Butch? Don't. Don't know. Butch was just whining about it in a radio interview today. That's the only reason we know about that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was he was on CB he was on CBS radio and and uh, they did a detailed interview with him and uh, that was one of the things he mentioned that he didn't even get a phone call. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, but I hope I hope but I, I hope. Um, that's that's not true because I don't I don't think that number one is professional or um, I don't think that you want to burn bridges with you know even though you know you may not need them now well Butch Davis I don't think we're gonna have a because he's what sixty four or something like that so I don't think he'll be a coach uh, candidate in the future but um, I don't think you want to really do that and burn bridges um, um, to that extent I think well I, I, think, at least bridges. I just think I think it was really hectic at the end there and and. You know, maybe everything came out and broke with, with, without those courtesies being being done for everybody. You know, I, obviously, I don't know, but yeah, I I don't think I would call it burning bridges, though. Seriously, I mean, okay. All right. Now, the other question I do have is um the, the recruits that we currently have, because obviously some of them are not Miami caliber, um, in my opinion. I'm, I'm I don't know for sure. You know, and and to be honest with you, I, I don't think I should say that because. Uh, I'm sure once upon a time, Ray Lewis, if you look at Ray Lewis, he didn't have stars. A lot of those recruits um, back in the days didn't have major stars behind their names neither. So, um, but at the same time, um, somebody like, um, let me see, Juwan Hamilton or um, Desmond Phillips or um, Reginald Henderson, which one of the – some of those guys, or even I don't even think that defensive end from, from um, Dillard, um, like Jaquan, I can't remember his last name. Who, out of those recruits, or some of those recruits, who do you think, um, quote unquote, or what I even want to say, it, um, are not Miami caliber? I have questions about Reginald Henderson. That that's 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 one I personally have questions on. I, I you know I I I'm, I'd like to see them do better than that. There's a lot of very high end receivers right now. 
mm-hmm. uh, that are available not just in the state of Florida, but obviously outside the state of Florida too. Uh, that Nate Johnson kid in Tennessee, I'm, I'm a big fan of. That that's one guy, and and there's so many more. And uh, so I've always felt that Reginald Henderson might be a guy that 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 is not really part of things by signing day. Uh, so he's the first one that comes to mind. I think Desmond Phillips is another one, another two-star receiver. There is no reason the University of Miami should be taking two-star receivers, and yeah, certainly not, not certainly not, certainly not two of them. So I would start right there. I, I think with, with with Jack Allison coming in, with Mark Rick coming in, with his offense, uh, I gotta believe as they get down the stretch here in recruiting that this is going to be an appealing destination for some of these wide receivers, Amon Richards among them, and I think you'll see Miami do better at the wide receiver position than what they have right now. Okay. And um, I mentioned Deion Jackson as well as another one I think is going to drop off. Deion Jackson. But Deion Jackson, I've heard, is actually underrated. You don't, you don't, he, he's you don't okay, believe that. but there's a lot of issues there. He left Hallandale, supposedly moved to Jacksonville. Um, okay. You know, I'm not sure how much he played ball this year and things like that. So uh, – I'm not totally up on everything going on, but there I know there are a lot of issues there. Well, off-field issues for him. Correct. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, what about that defensive end from Dillard? What do you think about him? Because I've watched his tape, and I don't, you know, I'm I'm not convinced. It'll depend on who else they can get once they once they start getting into the, the nitty gritty. Okay. All right, that's all for me. Um, thank you very much. Um, just keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to be part of the show. Let's go back out to the 850 now where you are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing tonight, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Travis up here in Tallahassee. All right, Travis. Uh, which you got going on tonight first i i just gotta say it's amazing that we're actually talking recruiting you know like after a year everybody just shut it down stop you know researching kids or you know even giving a crap and just to hear you know up to an hour and a half of people talking miami recruiting it's just it's great to hear um my my main things are you said earlier there's going to be five to six early enrollees can, can you list them off and we know jack and the two of the linebackers, but who else is an early enrollee? Well, you got Allison, you got Quarterman, okay. you got Pinckney, and you got McLeod is going to commit this weekend. Okay, so that's four, four, four so far that we have? Yeah. Okay. Um, so everybody keeps touching on the fact that we're going to have to get rid of some kids. I mean, if we're listening to what uh, Mike Farrell and – and all the message boards have been saying, and, and the way that kids have been reacting, we're going to have to unload quite a few kids if it if it goes the way we're all hoping it's going to go. I mean, with just uh, you saying Amon Richards is looking likely, uh, the Whaley kid, that's two, and then you got um, Farrell saying that uh, Nate Craig Myers could be likely, that's three right there. I mean, we're, we'll, we'll be rapidly at 25 pretty quickly. Yeah. Nate, Nate Craig Myers is interested in my in Miami and interested in visiting. Um, we just confirmed in, in the last few minutes that they did not visit him on this trip to Tampa. It looks like Mark Richt is really waiting and being patient. He wants to get his staff in place. He wants them to develop their own game plan. And so right now he is only recruiting early entry kids. 
Okay, well, let me ask you about that in regards to the bowl games. Is he going to, you know, you're saying he's waiting until after bowl games because obviously some of the coaches, if if it's the Georgia staff, it's what, they're playing January 2nd. When is the actual dead period end? I believe, shoot, I don't, let me uh, let me open up the calendar on my phone here. Um, and he can't, he can't hire him now and they can still coach the bowl game like Kirby Smart is for Alabama? Is that, I, is that I not a thing for assistant coaches? I think recruiting will start again in force on January the 11th. I believe that's yeah, when the dead period ends. And then you've got the week of the 11th, the week of the 18th, and the week of the 25th. Uh, that will all be critical recruiting weeks there. That'll you'll see lots of visitors on those weekends, and um, right. so so they'll have probably a week and a half to two weeks to get organized and decide who they want to go after. Quick questions: uh, Does he have any type of rule uh, against uh, you know like when you uh, commit against uh, going and taking other official visits and stuff like that, like some coaches do? Does he have anything in place like that? No, no. I mean, Rick. Rick obviously is cleared to do whatever he wants right now, but but remember, you only get one home visit once you're designated as the head coach, which I assume is what they've done with him for recruiting purposes. You only get. Well, no, no. I mean, in the future, like next year, you know, when when uh, you commit to a school, say somebody commits to Miami for the 2000 and what is it, 16 class or something like that? Does he have a rule, you know, because you're not signed yet, that saying that you know you can't go and take other visits to like. Florida State or the Gators or something like that. Does he have any anything like that that he had in place at Georgia that you know of? I don't think so, but I don't. It's I don't okay. think it's an issue yet. You know. All right. Um, and I heard you talk about it for a minute earlier, but uh, Tracy Rocker. What's the, what's the word on that? Is, is you hearing anything out of Georgia about him coming down or? Nope. No. The only thing we've heard is is what I said at the beginning of the show. The John and, and, the... and I and I and I just received. I was just getting ready to talk about that. I just received a text from another source up in Georgia who tells me that they believe that that speculation that I talked about earlier in the show um, could be partially premature. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> we're, nice, we're trying nice. to we're, we're trying to find out what's going on. But to be honest with you guys, uh, you know, I'm not sure that there's a lot there yet, and a lot of it's just speculation. Awesome. Well, I got uh, two more recruits to ask you about that we have. I don't. I don't think there's any question that Rick is going to offer Lily a spot on his staff. I, it would be a shocker if he did not. Cause that guy's yeah, very... there's the McClendon one that, from what I understood from reading a bunch of different boards, that uh, Rocker and Lily were the two most likely. Mc, the McClendon guy was a fifty-fifty type deal. Um, so yeah, I wasn't totally expecting him. I was kind of actually surprised when you said that earlier. And if Willie Martinez is somebody under consideration, I'm not looking at him as a – I'm looking at him for a DB coach. You know, I would rather see Rocker as the D-line, Martinez as the DB, and maybe even Hurley Brown kept on as a linebacker coach. I'd be acceptable with that, you know, for assistant coaches. Um, the two two recruits that I haven't heard touched on, and I keep hearing them say that if he was, you know, contacted by Rick, he would be a, probably a Miami Hurricane, is a – Darnell Solomon, or if I said that right, if they decide, what, what do you know about him? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah because he's, he's okay. recruited. I, I personally think he's a little overrated, and I, and I, okay. you know, I think that's why you've seen his stock go down quite a bit in in the last six months. But he's still, you know, he'll be sitting there. It'll all be on what Rick and his staff 
decided to do. Okay, and the other guy is kind of a plan B for if Whaley decides, you know, he's going to go and stay at home in Texas or do whatever he's going to do. Um, the and I'm going to butcher this name, but uh, Carlin Phil's aim. The, he's uh, committed to Tennessee right now. I think we were recruiting him for a long time, and he's really interested in Miami. He's got the explosiveness and speed that, you know, would just be phenomenal to have on our team. What do you think of him maybe flipping to us? No idea right now. They haven't even started recruiting. You know, the new the new regime has not even started recruiting him. Right on. All right. Well, like, thank you for you having know, me on, Gary. Imp- impossible to have an opinion on that. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, have a great night. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Yeah, it's it's guys, it, it's just really brutal right now trying to figure out who's going to be on this coaching staff. Uh, there's just so many factors involved. The current guys that are there, Rick hasn't even gotten a full evaluation on them yet. He'll be watching practices on the practice field and decide who he wants to offer jobs from the current staff. You know, then the, the next location obviously would be guys that work for him at Georgia. Uh, that's the channels that we've been trying to work, find out who in Georgia is thinking of, of joining him. And, uh, you know, we got the one report earlier tonight that I talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, now I've gotten a, another text as we've been talking here that tells me that that speculation by that person is premature, that Rick has not firmly offered anything to anybody yet up at Georgia, uh, that it's all just posturing and speculation right now. So I think, the bottom line is everybody's going to have to be patient, going to you know sit tight and just wait and see what happens as it unfolds. And I don't think anything will happen before the bowl game. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We have a few open phone lines that you can call in on if you want to come on the show. Hit the number one on your keypad. And let's go now to the 757 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what up, Garrett? What's going on? Who's this? Hey, come on, man. Ain't but one seven five seven. I'm gonna stop oh, that, calling this show. Oh, that's gonna be Kane Kane. Ah, man, ain't but one, baby. Ain't but one. Me. But one for sure. How you, you been doing, work? sir? You been doing uh, I've okay? I've been working. I've just been working. Now, I know that's right. <laughs> I see the Canes beat the brakes off your boys yesterday. Good job. Good job, y'all. Great job. How's that work when they uh let um. Mr. Mark Rick get up there and speak. Uh, how that way? I didn't get to see it, but my man Charles told me, you know, he gave him applause and he said a few words and stuff. I'm just ready to get the show on the road, you know. Everybody get a fresh start. Everybody get a new beginning. <clears throat> it is what it is. We got rich. Okay. I'm tired of people talking to me, Butch. Man, Butch, I, he ain't did no wrong. He just didn't get the job. It's simple and play. If they didn't want it, the NCAA said, don't have so big. Man, the man, let's get the show on the road. There's good players that want to be there, stay there, the ones that don't, let them go. I mean, you know, ain't nobody got time for this, that, and the third. Like you said, all this recruiting side, I ain't worrying about it. Play the little bowl game. Like you said, it might not be a good matchup with Leach. And like you said, you know, your boy got one foot in the door, one foot out of the door. How much he really want to coach? He know he's down. Ain't no way coach he's going to get saved. Only he's going to get saved the Lord come down here and save him. He done. He had his years. The rest of the coaches, they might get a break. They might keep a couple, like you said. Who knows? But other than that, man, there ain't too much to talk about. You know, the bowl game. Come when they start practice for the bowl game, Gary, anyway. Friday. Oh, they start Friday. Yes, what, sir. Is it 15 practices, something like that? 
Is it 15 no, practices before the bowl no, game? No, I don't think they'll have. I don't think they'll have 15 practices. Uh, let's see. Let me look, pull my calendar back out here. Um, I think they will have. Let's see. First one will be on the 11th, and then I think what uh-huh. they'll do is they'll they'll practice maybe four times, probably maybe five. Yes, sir. Before before uh-huh. they head out to El Paso, and they'll go out to El Paso on Monday the 21st. And then okay. they'll have they'll have practice every day, twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth, out in El right. Paso. Uh, probably do some okay. light work on the twenty fifth, and then the games on the twenty sixth. Okay, mm, cool. Well, like I said, I ain't holding nobody up. Man, I just want to give a shout out to B Black, PJ Soldier, Birdman, Greg, Charles, Honey B. Hey man, and Joe, I lost your number on my phone, man, but hit me up. Till next time, your show is great. See you next Tuesday. Don't be late. <laughs> I'm out. Keep me on hold. <laughs> All right, Kane Kane. Always a pleasure. <laughs> All right, let's go to the 240 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. <laughs> What's going on, Gary? This is D Black. D Black. Wow. You guys are back to back today. But I got to tell you, that's a tough <laughs> act to follow. I mean, I know you bring it every week, but man, that was, whew, that's something else. That's yeah. pure comedy, man. Yeah. Right. Kane Kane, you're a shout out fan. Appreciate that. Kissing me Florida right now, Jerry, for these nationals. You football, you know, we had our first game on Sunday. We blew out some team thirty nine and nothing that was undefeated. Easy work. Uh got two games, got a game tomorrow and then a game Friday. But um yeah, I'm just really I'm just kinda like everybody else just like a waiting in the pause. You know, because there's really too much going on. You're hearing a lot of speculation about who may be leaving, who may be staying, you know, recruits that may be coming, recruits that may be let go. So I'm just, I'm in a wait-and-see phase. You know, I'm just chilling now pretty much. Um, but I do have a couple questions. One, is it true that our Kehoe will, is going to be retained on the staff? Um, we don't know. I mean, he, he he's told that to recruits, but, you know, but we don't know. I mean, when you look at the at at the situation, if it's evaluated honestly, and I'm going to preface this by saying I love Art Kehoe, huge huge fan for many many years, going all the way back to the 1970s. The offensive line position has been a problem, <laughs> and the, the and the level of recruiting at that position has been a problem, and that has to be addressed. Whether Art Kehoe remains the position coach there or not, if he does remain the position coach. You must find a way to give him support in recruiting so that they get better players at that position. I don't doubt our Kehoe's ability to coach guys once they're in place, but they're not recruiting good enough players at that position. In fact, I would say that when you look at the offensive line this year, really, once you get past McDermott and you get past Darling, I'm not sure that any of those other guys should really be starters at this level. I mean, Isadora is okay. He's serviceable. But, you know, Nick Linder, I mean, the kid tries hard as hell and, and plays hard and is reliable, but he should be a backup football player at this level. I'm sorry. And, I mean, I hope – I mean, I'm not offending anybody by saying that. I mean, I just uh, I just don't feel that they're close to good enough at that position. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, the truth, the truth is – I mean, the hey. I mean, they had no backups this year. I mean, you're you're talking about your your backup is that your number one backup is Alex Gall, who can't play a lick. Right. 
<laughs> you know, and, and maybe one right. of those young kids like, you know, Tyree St. Louis or, or, or Gauthier or one of those guys develops a little bit. But you look at those guys, some of those guys are undersized. I mean, I'm telling you, you put that line next to Michigan State's O-line or Alabama's O-line, I mean, it's not even like the same stratosphere. I mean, Miami should have a better offensive line than it has right now. Well, I don't know I mean, what Mark is going to do about it. Let me tell you and something. What do you... Everything, is, you know, everything is great with Mark Rick right now, and obviously a lot of excitement and all that. But what he does with this staff over the next couple of weeks is, is going to be massive. I mean, it's going to shape the success that he has, just like it has for the guys before him who failed miserably in putting coaching staffs together. Right. Right. So what do you think about the three linebackers, or well, the two linebackers that's already committed that's coming in early, and the one that say he's going to recommit? Do you, really, do you think they have they're an opportunity to be very good players. Early? I know they're very good. Are, are really good, and they're going to make that linebacker position better. Well, that's news. Look, that's music to my ears, because that's what we, we need. I mean, of course, we, like you said earlier, we need to. Have you watched their highlight huh? tapes? Have you watched yes, their I have. What, yes, what do you I have? I'm very, I'm very impressed. Yeah, I mean, how can you I'm, not I'm very, be impressed I'm, watching that film? I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. And but you know, to piggyback off you would say that you stated earlier, I mean, yeah, we we need to recruit every position, especially when defense, <laughs> every last one, without a doubt, without a doubt. I don't see a lot um, of impact players on this team, D Black. I mean, no. Kaya, Kaya obviously can be an impact player. I'm not sure there's a franchise running back on the roster. Uh, I'll be very interested to see how Gus Edwards does next year in Mark Rick's offense. I think he'll be the workhorse if he can get healthy. Uh, I'm not sure that there's a top shelf number one, what you call a number one receiver, including Stacey Coley at his current level on this team. You know, the O-line we just talked about, and obviously D-line linebackers, DBs, they're just starting a lot of impact guys. There are not guys that are going to be first-round draft picks, that's for sure. Nah, not at all. It needs to be upgraded, Black. It needs a big up. And Mark Rick must hire recruiters. He he has to fill this staff with guys that can get out there and get after it in recruiting. And that's why, you know, I don't know what he's going to decide on any of these current coaches. Right. Man, we big time running back. We need a, we need a game changer at that position. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. They have not been able to compete for the best players in the country under Al Golden. Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's a true statement. So hopefully, with Mark Rick coming in and him getting together and forming his staff, that will all change in the near future. But um, yeah, they got the budget. They they've given him the budget. Okay, so money right. is not an issue anymore in hiring coaches. So the, there, there is no excuse not to have a great coaching staff in place. He has to do it. Right. So like I said, that's, that's pretty much what I got for the night, Gary. You know, it's pretty laid back. You know, I'm chilling, ready to win this national championship down here. But um, keep me on hold, and I'll definitely get back with you on next Tuesday, Gary. You got it, man. Thank you, as always, for being part of the show. All right, let's go now to the 754. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? It's Jerome. Hey, what's up, Jerome? I'm feeling all right, man. I'm you know still a little tired, 
we've been working pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, I, I imagine. I imagine. Yeah, I can so, imagine. So much going on. I mean, it, it's like constant. Hey, hey, Gary, I went to the basketball game last night, man. And I'm going to tell you something. When I got out of my car, I parked at the, you know, at the deck, and, uh, I just felt the buzz all the way inside, all around the campus, man, on the way in. And it, it was a great basketball game. We, you know, uh, uh, Mark, uh, Coach Rick got a chance to, you know, to speak. And, you know, they flashed Juan Hill up there. And, and, the, and you know, and the, and the Canes took the Gators down. It was just uh, it was a wonderful evening. And unfortunately, you know, my condolences to the families of the tragic the tragedy of the young man uh, that was involved on campus uh there, you know, but uh, you know, hopefully everything that you know they'll be able to recover and and uh, move on. But uh, Gary, uh, getting to football, Gary, I wanted to ask you about Miko Hardman. Uh, uh, he came down here during the Nebraska uh, game. Uh, and, you know, he's a five star. He's an athlete. Um, had you heard any any words on him as far as you know from that visit? And now that Mark Rick is on board, has there been much of uh, any talk. I, I think they have, when they get back into the nitty-gritty of recruiting, I think they have a great chance to land that kid. He loves Miami, and he was thinking of coming when Al Golden was the coach. So now you've got what most feel is a much better situation in place. You have to believe that there's the chances are even greater of landing yeah. him. But yeah. he's a kid that's taking his time. We, we spoke to him the other day. He, he told us you know he's probably going to take it all the way to signing day. He's he's in no rush, so just got to wait and see what happens there. And you know, Gary. You know, you and I we discuss uh, you know, during the coaching uh, uh, hire or the search, I should say. Uh, you and I we 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 talked about we touched on the fact that this could be a candidate to come out of nowhere, so to speak, and and voila, it just pretty much played out that way with Mark Rick. You know, he he just, you know, he got fired. Looked like it could have been either the Shiano Butch or whatever. And But with Mark getting fired from Georgia, you know, it, it, it turned out that it all fell in uh, uh, our favor for him to be hired. And, great, you know, I go all the way back to uh, with uh, Mark when he was uh, being coached by the late Otis Gray at uh, Boca Raton High School before Otis went on uh, to, to to greater fame at Dillard High School, his, his own alma mater. And uh, I remember when Mark took the uh, snap in the season open of 78 up in Boulder, Colorado, and he threw a touchdown pass to Mark Cooper with a tight end from Killian High School. And uh, 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 Gary, the late Lou Saban is the one who established that foundation, I'll still say it today, that class that came in in 1978 with Margaret, uh, uh, Jim Kelly, Fred Marion, Lester Williams, Scott Nicholas, uh, uh, Tim Flanagan, that was just a loaded class that came in from there that Snellenberger took on and built from there. You know, I go way back, but uh, that was was a, a, a great, that's the first class I ever followed. I followed recruiting ever since then, you know, but that was uh, uh, it, 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 he doesn't get enough credit. I don't think a lot of people fail to mention Lou Saban when it comes to the foundation and where the program is now, uh, Gary. You know, Lou Saban never got the credit he deserved, and a lot of it was because Howard was so spectacular that he stole the stage really quickly. But you're right. Lou Saban gave Howard a base to work off of, and he took it and he ran mm-hmm. with it, and 
and they were able to create the state of Miami and quickly build that roster, and it culminated in five years with the national championship. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, no arguments for me about Lou Saban. Yeah, it, it culminated in five years. And Gary, once again, we, we'll see how this thing play out. Like you say, if uh, let him put his staff together and uh, can go from. Uh, I heard somebody say twenty three right now, where it can easily catapult into the top ten. I think on the first Wednesday of February, at least that's what I'm going to be optimistic and believe, Gary. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right, Gary, you have a blessed evening, man. And once again, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for providing this great cane uh, sport. I, I just um, the entertainment from hearing all the other guys speak and everything are very knowledgeable fans. Here. I really, really appreciate it. Well, we've we've put together a nice little family. So glad you could be part of it. All right, Gary. Can I stay on hold, folks? You, you got it, man. We'll talk to you next time. All right, six four six five nine five. Two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number as always. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the four seven zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, yeah, how you doing, Jay? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? This is Rod in Atlanta. I don't really have much tonight. I was just um, I got two on the state, I think, but well, now that I'm on, um, I just decided about the, the Rick Power. I think he's by far the most proven coach that we we've hired. If you go back looking at the last three hires we had with Coker and Shannon and Golden, none of them were were proven head coaches. And I I just think he gets it. If you go back and look at we had uh, after after we had Jimmy Johnson, then we had Dennis Erickson and Bruce Davis, and now we have a, a coach that not only can they recruit South Florida and, and and get the culture down here, but down there, but we also have a, a proven head coach, and I, I'm just excited about what I think he can do if he can bring in the right staff. You, you, you're asking me if I'm excited? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, I'm just asking if you if you agree with the with the aspect of him being by far the most proven head coach that we hired, and also investing the money into the coaching staff as well. Oh yeah, there's no the time ever, I believe. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, even you go all the way back when when Howard Schnellenberger was hired, he didn't have a resume as a head coach. And when Jimmy Johnson was hired, he certainly didn't have Mark Rick's resume. Same thing with Dennis Erickson. You could go on and on from there. Butch Davis hadn't been a head coach. Larry Coker, Randy Shannon, Al Golden. So without a doubt, he is the most accomplished head coach that the University of Miami is hired, and uh, you know, I'd have to go back into the 50s and 60s and look at what the records of those guys were when they were hired. But what's uh, likely, I think we would find that Mark Richter is the most accomplished head coach that the University of Miami has ever hired. Yeah, that's the most exciting to me, thing to me is that this combination of, uh, of I think, him being able to go into being to come in and be dominate and recruiting and being a uh, a proven head coach is just a, a dangerous combination that I don't think we could have we could have gotten with any other hire that was that was available at this time. But um, that's that's pretty much all I have for tonight. And um, uh, the other thing, only only thing that you know, that I wanted to say was, was it true? I heard a rumor about that Al Golden during the time he was here, he never attended like any of the South Florida State Championship games. Is that true? 
You know anything about that? I don't know if I remember him ever being up there. Yeah, that's amazing. I think I remember him being up there once. Now that, now that you're asking me about it, I'm thinking about it. I do think I remember him being up there once. But I don't know that he went every year. Yeah. Okay, all guys, right. so that's all I had tonight. Um, you I got it, I'll man. You yep, hit us up yep. next time. Let's go to the 905. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how's it going? It's Kane, Miami, all the way from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. How you doing? Wow. Doing good, doing good. Is it getting a little cold up there? I listen to your show every week, man, from all the way from Toronto. <laughs> well, glad to hear uh, it. I don't want to... Glad you finally called in. I don't think you've called in before, have you? I've never called. You know, I've always wanted to call in, but it's my first time, so I'm excited. I love your show, and uh, I think it's a great thing, what you do here. Thank you, and uh, glad you finally called in. So what you got for us? I, so my question is more about the DBs next year, because I'm really worried. Cause we're losing so many guys at graduation, like... How is Ryan Mays and, like, Michael Jackson, how are these guys going to do? I don't know, man. I mean, you know, Corn Elder, I think you could feel pretty good about. But I think they, they got to recruit some dudes at that out there. I mean, you know, Michael Jackson, uh, I think, shows some potential. Red Wine shows some potential. Um, Ryan Mays, to me, not so much. But it's not enough, for sure. And potential is only potential. I think they need to find some some really good players out there here in recruiting. But you know, like DBs, how many guys can we just plug in right away, right? Like freshmen to come play right away. It's going to be tough next year. That, like, honestly really worries me. Unless our pass rush with a front four that's supposed to be amazing next year, you know, if they don't live up to potential, it could get scary. But, yeah, uh, my... I agree. I mean, you Sorry. look at the recruiting class right now. I mean, Tyler Bird is a pretty well-thought of and regarded defensive back. So, you know, maybe he could help a little bit. I, I don't think Deion Jackson's going to stick. Uh, James Wiggins, he's okay. an okay player, but, you know, they they, they need to shoot higher. I, I've always felt that way. I don't think they're shooting high enough in recruiting. I guess Cedric Wright's another one that might factor in a DB, but uh, I would like to see them shoot higher and go out there and compete on a national level for some top-flight DBs. Absolutely. I would love to see that. Um, all right, my second question is more so like, you know how we give out the awards every year at the end of the year? If you were to say right now, because the regular season's over, who is your MVP, offensive and defensive player of the years, and your most improved on both sides of the ball? Oh, my God. Offensive most improved would be Njoku. Uh, offensive MVP, I guess I, I would give it to Kaya. You know, I'm not sure who else you would give it to on offense. Uh, defensive MVP, wow, 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 wow. Man, that's a that's a brutal question. I'm just sitting here trying to trying to go through it. Artie? I mean, Artie Burns maybe, you know, just because he's had the interceptions. Uh, I guess yeah. you would give him the nod over Jermaine Grace. Um, most improved on defense. Corn Elder. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you could say corn. That's as good as anybody. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, and my last – sorry, my last thing I wanted to ask is, because I know you talk to a lot of the scouts that come into the campus a lot. What is the perception out there for players at the University of Miami from the golden regime, how everybody – you could say that they weren't coached up properly, but all these guys are getting chances in the NFL, and 
a lot of them are actually succeeding. So when an NFL scout comes and sees a practice or is watching Kane's games, are they uh, more willing to take a chance on a guy knowing what our coaching situation was like? Absolutely. The perception right now throughout the NFL amongst the scouting community is that you could steal great players from the University of Miami. Because when when everybody grades the film and, and assigns them draft grades based on what they're seeing uh, in terms of performance throughout the season, there's a general consensus that those players are only scratching the surface of what their true ability is. So you're thinking, I can steal a guy in the fifth round that might really be a third-round talent, or I could take a guy in the seventh round that really should be getting drafted in the fourth round, things like that. And, And that's the perception right now of the the uh, scouting community in the National Football League. Perfect. All right, that's all I had to say, man. If you could just keep me on hold, uh, enjoy the show, and uh, look forward to it next week. No, no problem. You got it. And, um, you know, what I just said I think is supported by the guys you see go into the pros and have success, even though they had average careers at Miami. And I wouldn't say even a guy like Alan Hearns, who we were talking about earlier in the show, I wouldn't call him an average player at Miami by any stretch of the imagination. But he didn't have an off-the-charts great career. He wasn't an All-American candidate or anything like that. Walked into the pros, made made a National Football League roster, and now he's you know putting back-to-back seasons together that are highly productive. So um, he would almost be the poster child for what we just got done talking about. All right, let's go out to the 302 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? That's you. Going once, going twice. All right, sorry, man. Sleep at the wheel. Got to call back in. Let's go to the 336 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Come on, guys. Let's get our act together here. Let's go out to the 205. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? You're not asleep at the wheel, Mr. Slaughter. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. What's up with you, Gary? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. How you doing this, this week? Uh, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm doing real good, man. Got a nice little promotion, man. I'll be relocating from Birmingham in January. Where are you going? I don't know yet, man. It's either um, Orlando, Tampa, um, D.C., Virginia Beach, um, Richmond, Man, this is great possibilities. Man, I've been in a couple of major cities. I don't know yet. I know um, right before the Christmas break. Good for um, you, man. C- congratulations. Yeah. congratulations. Uh, thank you, thank you. I got um couple of um couple of things, man. I talked to um to um, Kane Kane about. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of won him over with Mark Rick. I had to talk to him, man. I had to talk to him, but he on board now, as you can see. But um, the running back position. I know you're not really big on um, um, Gray, but I think he, um, I think he may emerge and get a lot of reps next year because honestly, I don't know if Yerby, Yerby, he he may fit, but I don't know if some of those smaller backs are gonna fit in this in this new system. He, um, here's what I'll here's what I'll say. Mark Rick, when he goes out for spring practice, is gonna love the looks of Gus Edwards, and he's gonna love the looks of Trayon Gray, and. 
I think that those two guys have a chance to rise to the forefront for next year, even over Yearby, who had almost a thousand yard season this year, and Mark Walton. Now, those two guys are, are very talented. They're going to get playing time. They're going to be part of game plans. But Mark Rick has a history of liking big running backs. He likes the big physical guys. He likes to pound the rock in the fourth quarter when teams are a little tired. And uh, so I yeah. think those guys are going to get a strong chance to rise to the top and, of the Another thing, um, what, I mean, but I think it's just really pretty much going to be um, open open competition for every position except for quarterback. You know, obviously, no but I think you know, I think um, you know, a new coaching change has really helped great chances. I like I like all the backs that we have, but I think me personally, I think your back with the best ability, the best upside is great because he he's a I mean he's a lot more explosive than Yerby and um Walter. You know, he hits the hard and he's tough to bring down. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the kid, but obviously, um, if you watch Georgia football, they play more than two running backs anyway. I mean, they, they at one, at one point of the season, they had like a four back rotation going yep. that was just feeding them and feeding them. And I think all of them will, you know, change the pace back with Walton and Yearby and things like that. But I think all of them going to get a chance. And um, it's a recruit out of Louisiana. I mean, I've been keeping my eye on. Um, I was waiting to kind of bring, you know, bring him up throughout the season. And if you're listening, you know, you need to check this kid out. He's from Louisiana. His name is Devin White. He's like the number one fullback in the nation. He's a sleeper, man. And I think he. I mean, I know uh, Miami has offered him, but do you know the chances of him coming here? Because I mean, LSU on him, um, and. I mean, I don't see him going there because they got so many good, you know, so many good backs. I think he's like six foot, two fifty eight, runs like a four five forty, and that'd be perfect for Mark. I think he, I think he, I think that kid can do wonders at Miami. Slaughter, we don't know What's anything right now. Him? We we know nothing right now when it comes to re- recruiting kids that are out there beyond these early entry kids. I, I, and he also you know, was um, offered by Georgia. He also he also was offered by Georgia also. Yeah, but, you know, like, all bets are off. I mean, the guys that the Golden staff has been recruiting, it, it's almost irrelevant right now. I mean, Mark Rick will get that report. You know, he'll get the list. Uh, he'll watch the film and go through it and yada, yada, yada. But uh, we don't know who they're going to decide to seriously recruit. We don't know who's going to be visiting in January. Yeah, I don't know if you were listening to Mike Farrell earlier in the show. He kept wishing us luck trying to follow this and, and report on it. I mean, we got to, I'll be honest with you, we got our hands full here over the next month and a half trying to cover this for you guys because we have no idea who they're going to go after. And, and we're going to have to. I understand that. We're going to have to really, really work it and, and, you know, have our ears to the ground and, and, and sort of try to figure out who the heck is being recruited by Miami now because everything that's gone on for the last 10 months is irrelevant. I mean, I understand that, but what I'm saying is, that what, with the point I'm getting at, the kid has been offered by Georgia and and Miami, and you got some big schools that's on him, and I haven't really heard anything about him as far as on the Miami side. I mean, I know he got a, um, he's been recruited by um, Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, and Ole Miss. So that's well, the reason something like that. All those all those guys are stacked at running back. I think we have a good chance. With the, with him, if we kind of put the press on him, because it's a sleeper kid right here, man. You you yep. that big and you moving that fast. That's the guy that we've been been needing for so long. 
You know, he's not no six three running back. You got to worry about getting his pads low. The kid is five. Well, actually, he's six foot two six two fifty eight. You know. Well, the the um the reason you wouldn't have heard too much is Al Golden got fired in October. So from that point on, you've been talking about a skeletal recruiting effort. I mean, how much could these guys really do? I mean, they they took, they took a few commits from a couple, you know, FIU yeah. recruits and, and, and stuff. But really, yes, I once Al Golden got fired and the program was in limbo, there wasn't a lot of recruiting that could really be done. But have you watched the kid play? Have you evaluated him? Have you seen him? Do I, I you know anything when he about him? came up a couple months ago, I did watch his tape. Uh, I remember watching it. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you, I've watched hundreds of tapes since. And yeah. I, I can't remember what my opinion was at the time, but I did. I do remember looking him up. Okay. Um, have you? If the any chance Michael Barrow comes back, man, I think he will be a huge get. You know, back you know for our staff because he really did wonders with our linebacker core when he was here. I know he didn't like the scheme that we was running, but you know, a base four, you know, a four three that you know probably going to be running this year. I think he would be a valuable asset because he's a great recruiter also, and he's very respected in the South Florida community. Man, do you think that's a chance that Mark Rick goes back? You know, um, after him, or would you do you think he would be willing to leave the Seahawks to come back? If, if, he he calls Mark, if he calls Mark Richt and asks to be considered, uh, I mean, yeah, I think there would be a chance, but I don't know if that's actually taking place. Um, I can I can maybe text him and see if I can find out right now, which I will, but um, I don't know if that's taking place. But uh, obviously his whole background is in Miami, and it, it might make sense that he would want to do that. Okay, I got a, I got one thing. I don't, uh, I don't, um, you know, I know you probably can't get into this, man. But I got a kid. You know, I coach, I coach, um, I coach the running backs at Lee High School. We just won out. We just been the straight, um, three straight um, state championships in Alabama, and we just won. We won back to back. I had two kids over here, man. One um, that's actually he's I'm going to Tennessee um, as receiver. He was my quarterback, as you seen him play on ESPN last year. And I have I have a big back over here, man. It seems like um, Miami don't really recruit in Birmingham for real. They got Mike Jackson, but man, we got some real some 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 good recruits that you know would love to go out of state. You know, you know, I mean, do you think they will? You know, this new staff would try to touch some of these how, kids how in the Birmingham did, when area. He was at Georgia. Did they recruit Alabama much? Yeah, we had some. We had some pretty good. We had some. We had a couple of um, guys out the state that um, you know. Went to um, Georgia, like I said, my boy Mark Beard. You know, he's he from Birmingham. He went to play that Georgia. Um, so I mean, it's a couple of other guys that I can't really, you know, I don't, I don't really know the names on it. But you know, a lot of Georgia Tech recruits a lot out of Alabama and Birmingham area. So I mean, but you know, it's, I got, I got too many, too much more to talk about. I, mean, I let some of these other guys get on. You know, just kind of keep me on hold, man. But you know. Um, yeah, I would the say that if Georgia week. recruited Alabama and and Mark Richt has recruiting connections in the state, that that's that they're going to continue to go there. It would be foolish not because reason why I ask because I got a back right now, man. He has over seven he has over seven thousand yards rushing in four years, and he has the state record in touchdowns, and he haven't he haven't got a call. You know, I'm kind of like wow. You know, it's kind of hard to get in touch with people because I've been calling. Been trying to get in touch with him because I want him to go to Miami. You know what I'm saying? He's he's six foot two thirty. You know, about a about a high four high four five guy. You know, 
Um, but, I mean, you got these type of sleepers, man, that's not really getting looks. And I just be wondering, what do these guys be – I mean, you're a, you're a recruiting analyst. What do these coaches be looking at when it comes to, you know, talent? Because some of these guys I played with in college is played against. You were like, how you get at Georgia? How you get at this school? Because I played against Coach Rick when um, my, Matt Stafford first uh, freshman year. I played against him you, I played at UAB. We went up to Georgia, you hmm. know. So I was like, you know. Um, what do these coaches really look for when it comes to this talent? Man, I always wanted to know that. Every coach is different. You know, every coach looks for different things. I mean, you know, I I don't, I don't understand. I mean, though. some I mean, coaches but... like big backs. Some some coaches don't care how big how, about the size of the back, and they'll take the, a scat back. You know, everybody's got different different standards of evaluation. Okay, I, okay. I want you to do me a favor, um, Dare. When you get a chance, I got um, you got. I think you got my email. I emailed you before. TJ Slaughter Five at Yahoo. I want you to check and look at my back. His name is Trey Nation. Ellis Trey Nation. He's um, from Birmingham. He at Leeds High School. Take a look at him. Email me and tell me what you think about him. T R E Mason. Nation, nation, nation. Like the nation of oh, Islam. N A T I O N. Yeah, I hope um I hope um Trump didn't hear me say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take I'll, I'll take a look and I'll shoot I'll shoot you an email. All right, man, but um you know keep me on hold, man, and shout out to um D Black. You know I had a conversation with him, cool dude, my boy Kane K. You know I had to give you a shout out, man, and you know I got to do the bird call. You know the Ibis call as I call it. <laughs> keep me on hold, Gary, and check that out for me. All right, man, I will. And uh, thanks, as always, for being part of the show. 646-595-2048. we got about 50 minutes of show left tonight. Uh, still time for people to get on. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 404 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is Roland from New Orleans. Oh, hey, what's up, Roland? How, How you, you doing going, this man? week? I'm good, man. Good, good, good. Quick question. Um, um, I, I kind of called in a little later. I missed like half the show, but I was curious to see. Um, uh, first question: I mean, with with high, I guess highly recruited guys um, that may come over to Miami, you know, that may be committed at other schools. that you think of come over uh, with Mark Rick being on staff? Say say it again. What? I said, what highly recruited guys like from other schools? Uh, maybe like a Florida players. State, maybe like a Florida. Yeah, that may come over to Miami. Yeah, I've been talking about that all night. We have no idea. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, right now we have no clue who they're going to recruit. And and everybody that's been being recruited by Miami to this point, other than these early entry kids that have been shored up here in the last week, I mean, it's an open slate. It, none of it means anything until he picks a staff and they decide who they like. So, yeah. You're right. You're right. And that's why they're not even visiting kids. Like, they were just in Tampa tonight and visiting Jack Allison. They didn't even bother going to see Nate Craig Myers, who is one of the top receivers in the state of Florida. Because hmm. until they only get one home visit with the head coach, and until he has his staff in place, my guess is he doesn't want to take that home visit. So, Lee, that's interesting you you bring that up. So you talk about the staff. You know, he 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 has uh, Ice Harris. He has uh, Larry Scott. He has all these guys that's going and visiting a lot of these kids. Do you think a lot of those guys are going to be retained? Or, I mean, what's your thoughts being that, you know, 
Um, you know, Guarantees. They're helping recruit these early entry kids because they're the ones that have had the relationships with them. And my yeah. guess is Mark Rick looked at, the, looked at the tape on those kids and said, yeah, I want that. I want him. So he, he's he gone out and he's solidified things with those kids. But from there, I, I don't think he's going to commit too too hard in any direction. I mean, obviously he's got to deal with all the kids on the commit list first and make sure he wants all of them and, and make sure that they still want to come. And then he'll build out from there. So he's not rushing on anything right now. They have, they still have time. You know, he'll, he'll put the staff together after the bowl game. Uh, they'll have the first week and a half or so of January to get their ducks in a row on recruiting. There won't be anything else for them to do. It'll be all about recruiting. <clears throat> and then um, they'll, they'll go out starting, I think it's January 11th, and they'll have three of the most insane, hardcore, wild weeks that mm-hmm. Miami recruiting has ever seen. Okay, okay. I thing that really needs to be Man. It's an open okay. slate, and right now we have no clue who they're going to recruit. Well, I, I, it doesn't matter who they recruit. I tell you what, they they got to bring some some defensive tackles in. I don't know if it's JUCO. I don't know. I mean, they got to get some D tackles in ASAP. Always did at Georgia. He he it's always worked, was able to recruit those guys at Georgia. He did. He did. He brought he had some he had, he had a lot of uh, guys that made it to the league off that uh, off that uh, front four. So, okay, and one last question. Um, uh, let's see. Um, offensive line, any, any, you think they're going to bring in any, uh, uh, any key guys, any, any um, uh, O-line guys coming in for, for this recruiting class, or you think that's going to be something that may be addressed uh, next year? Well, they took so many numbers last year, but they, I think they got to try to find one or two impact guys. I mean, you can't – that position, I know they they took those numbers, but they didn't take the quality. They need to get better players in the program. So I don't know how they can totally ignore the offensive line position. Right now, there's not one O-line commit on the board. Mm. But that – got to believe that they're going to – whoever comes in as the – you know, whether it's still Arquijo or whether a new O-line coach comes in, I mean, mm. they got to they gotta get better there. Yeah, they, they definitely got to get better. Definitely got to get better. So, okay, okay. Well, man, I appreciate you uh, taking my call. You do a great job as usual, Gary. And uh, one, oh, one last question. You can put me on hold. I know you. Um, I guess for that you were at the press conference when they uh, uh, introduced uh, Mark Rick. And I know, um, just in general, I know he's just a good man, a Christian man. But um, from from your from your perception and just your conversation with him. Um, how do you, what do you think his, his style is as far as um, um, the type of coaches he's going to want to have in place, being that he's you know pretty 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 mellow type of guy? Do you think he's going to have a lot of um, intensity as far as the coaching staff? Or do you think it's going to be a totally different uh, energy that's coming from Miami coming into uh, 2016? I hope so. I mean, I hope he's not looking for a bunch of mild-mannered guys. I mean, I've yeah. been saying this for weeks. I think he's got to get some alpha males in there, some guys that bring some juice, guys that can get after it, be, who, guys who are competitive, who will go out and recruit like maniacs. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what that's what he needs. Now, yeah. what, he, what he's going to choose to do, I don't know. But uh, this program needs a complete culture change, in my opinion. Gotcha. And then after the bowl games, you think it's going to be like a week later before they have the new coaches and staff? I mean, that were in place or? 
I gotta believe that he's gonna be ready to move pretty quickly after the bowl game. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, man. Just keep me on hold. Thanks. Thank you very much. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the six seven eight. The six seven eight. Something's funny. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. <laughs> hey, here, what's going on? What's happening, man? You got who's this? First of all. Hey, I'm watching uh, Harlem Nights, man. I'm I'm just enjoying the show, man. Um, uh, I had something I had wanted to ask you, but you you asked it for me. It was it was dealing with uh, Nate Craig Myers. You don't know anything about who you targeted and none of that. So, um, well, everyone we pretty thought much forever it. that he's going to Florida State, but uh, we we thought that maybe while uh, Mark Rick was in Tampa tonight, that he might pop over to to Nate Craig Myers' house, but he clearly is not ready to do that yet. But that 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 they're in limbo at the quarterbacks. Like if you're a wide receiver, the, the obvious choice got to be Miami right now. Looking at you know Kaya Junior year, maybe two more years with Kaya. Uh, then you have Allison coming up. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Florida State. Uh, one of the quarterbacks got kicked off. I don't think it was the best one though, was it? Then a quarterback get kicked off the team at Florida State. You know, I've been they, so busy worrying about Miami. I couldn't, I couldn't begin to tell you what's been going on at Florida State. With the Dalvin Cook situation, was that a quarterback that they didn't allow to come back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name. <laughs> it was a freshman that they signed, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that's you. Pretty, uh, my question pretty much was, I mean, you really can't answer him anyway because I wanted to know about Demetrius Robinson. The dude in Savannah, like, will he come with Rick? Uh, and, of course, Hardman. We all want to know that. But, you know, Hardman, he pretty much answered it. Because, I, because we've spoken to him on multiple occasions. Basically. <laughs> I can flat tell you, Hardman is very interested in Miami. And with Mark Rick coming in, and i I got to believe there's a decent chance there. Well, uh, Tennessee is, is thought to be the leader, though, right? Not, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, maybe they've made some headway, but I don't think Miami's out of it by any stretch. They'll be recruiting that kid. I feel pretty sure about that. Oh, the that, dude, uh, Derek Brown. So Who? I don't know if he'll come. He, he's already Hardman's already had his official, so uh, I don't know if he'll come down on unofficially or not. You know, we'll see. But, but Rick I can still do like a home a home visit with him, right? Like, Sorry, what'd you say? He can still give him a home visit, right? Yes. Coach Rick. Okay. What well, uh Derek Brown, that's the D T, um, the number one D T up there in Georgia. I want uh but you don't really like see guys like that 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 was on the Georgia commit list, like you wouldn't really have no intel on like which way they might be leaning, what they're thinking about in terms of um, you know, visits, because it's a lot of DTs up here this year. Um a couple of the dude who decommitted, well, not decommitted, but the same school, Cedar Grove. It's like two or three DTs up over there that, you know, last year we tried to get one. He, he actually committed to uh, Miami and then decommitted and went, I think, to South Carolina somewhere. But you wouldn't have no intel on none of those guys, all right? Well, we, we've been reaching out to some of those guys, but, not, but nothing yet. Nothing. We haven't had anybody tell us no, yet. Yeah. Other oh, than the okay. running back that he committed. Oh, Whaley. Yeah. Okay. So that's all, yeah, you, 
He's definitely is he in play? Absolutely. So so him and Hardman will be definitely like two that we like can we get excited about it though? Would you put a percentage uh, uh, on it or a likelihood? Getting excited about it. Like, you know, that would probably be premature. Right. But yes, they're, they're they they are in play. Um and um with Jacksonville, I know like well Golden was heavy, was you know was trying to recruit Jacksonville. We had Northrop at one time. He decommitted like the last on signing day. Um, then we got you know Owens. Then now two from up that way. Now we were like missing with the DNs up that way. Um, like but we never really had that area. Will that change now? I think so. To the point where we can like have inroads, or just like we yeah. might hit one or two like that. But like uh, uh, the, uh, Trinity, I think that's Trinity up there, where um, Tolliver and Norton come from. Uh huh. So I right, mean, to have in- all, all those all those schools up in the northern part of the state have been have been heavily recruited by Georgia, and a lot of those a lot of them have been going to Georgia's camps. So, so there's there's relationships. I'm telling you, Mark Richt, to me, might be the best positioned head coach for recruiting that's ever been in Miami. Because when you talk about combining the state of Georgia and all those Especially connections like, he has up there and all those like channels, Dowster, yeah, with with, with, with what Miami naturally to. brings, right? But it's areas like Camden County, Valdosta, right now, Colquitt County. Uh, even Savannah, Brunswick, the Glen area, like Glen in the state championship now, that Brunswick, uh, Savannah area, then uh, that's Camden and all that. Then uh, when you come over to Valdosta, uh, Colquitt, that's like middle south, middle Georgia. And then, of course, like if you come up here, like, you know, in the in metro Atlanta, you have Grayson and all those schools up there, you know, he – a lot of those, a lot of, a lot of cats from up here though. They, they mostly going to Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. I don't know if he can really affect this area as much as he could, like the Valdosta area, like Lyons and uh, Valdosta High. But um, what I wanted to know was uh, with uh, with that, with that being said. How familiar are you with how Dog Night it was Dog Night ran anything like how Golden Counts uh used to you know, I mean the one just now that we had the seven on seven, um, the little count we had like that, the little tournament or whatever, but you know, Golden had little counts with Dog Night, is that similar to the the, the little count Florida has or is, is Golden Counts were they anything like similar to the Dog Night or do are are you familiar with Dog Night at all? I am not. I'm looking it up right now. That now that you're mentioning it, I have not paid much attention to Dog Night. Um, what was the the Florida night? What's the Florida little count? Florida. Uh, hey, what's the little count? The Gators like Florida had the little Florida night Friday night Friday, lights. Friday night like lights. That. Yeah, so Friday Dog night lights. would be similar to that, man. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that would probably be a better comparison. Because I was reading something about, like, he want to implement that down in Miami. So I was just, like, saying if you had any, uh, you know, familiarity with Oh, I'm sure he that. will. You know, everything's open to change. Al okay. Golden believed in having a ton of camps. I, I, I'm not I'm, – I'm not, I haven't really researched what kind of format Mark Rick had for his camps. 
But um, Al Golden liked to have about five or six of them. Oh, also, do um, is it a shot that uh, Rick might bring Mario on and to replace Keyhole so. with? I really don't think so. To replace Keyhole? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think Mario's going to have any interest in coming to Miami under Mark Richt. Okay. But I'm I'm looking it up now. It looks to me like Mark Richt has a very similar format where over two weekends uh, he has several different camps. So it will be similar to what Golden was doing. It looks to me like it's similar to what Golden was doing. Okay. All right. So that I mean, it wasn't like everything he did was bad. So you know, we we oh what no, about Golden, the... when it came to camps? Golden was the man. I mean, Golden totally reshaped everything Miami was doing camp-wise and did a great job with camps. So it's hard to even really, like, really it's, it's nothing we really can ask about, like, you know, with the with the 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. Is that likely to come back? I know we all want it, but we can't just say for, you know, a matter of fact, yeah, Rick might, you know, Rick is going to do, like, there's really nothing we can really, you know, move forward. We, like, really can't pick. Uh, right now because it's just so early in the process. Yep. The 707 tournament last year, like, that was, like, major. But, yeah, that was you know, a nice event. Just, they would be wise to continue just that. The that, that, that was a very nice event. Okay. Yeah, that's all I mean. I, that's all I really wanted to know, like, you know, what did you know anything about that, the dog night or anything like that? Um, you know, and yeah, it looks like players. dog night is very to similar to the to the event that Florida does. Okay, and then and then the overall camp program is very similar to what Al Golden did. Okay, all right, okay. all right, you got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, just keep me on hold. You got it. Talk to you next time. Let's go to the seven seven zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up? This is Steve in Atlanta. Hey, what's up, Steve? Welcome back. It's been a while. Hey, Where man. you been? I've been on vacation, man. You blocked me off the thing. I had to try to get my old handle back. But they, they took it off because I've been off so long. Really? So I got to get a new handle. Yeah, on King Sports. But Do you get straightened? Are you straightened want- out now? No, I had to get a new name because I had to drop that bad news, King's name. Because I don't think you know, I think some things about to change. At least I'm hoping. <laughs> so, so what's your name now? <laughs> what did you change to? I don't know. It might be the good news cane. You're the good know. news cane now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was bad. That might be good news. But yeah, um, I ain't gonna talk so much about recruiting. I wanted to know if you have you noticed how ESPN. Always putting a negative perception out there of Hurricane, the Miami, the University of Miami campus and their facilities and what's going on in the stadium. They're just ignorant. Yeah, the stadium's fair game. No, I don't. You know what? I don't look at it as that stadium being such a negative. When you look at it, if you've been to a game out there, because I've been to a game at Georgia, and I went to the Florida State this game, and the tailgating at Sun Life Stadium is better than any of those stadiums. In yeah, the parking, it's great because it's, it's, it's consolidated. 
Everyone's everyone's yeah. in the lot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and you, you know, know it's a. You know what, Steve? Miami's never put a representative product in that stadium. And I don't think you can judge the fans. I don't think you could judge the support until they do. Until they put a team out there that that, that isn't getting <laughs> boat raced 60 to nothing when it plays anybody any good, you can't judge the fans. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying because I I I can let I can deal with ESPN cuz I know they hate us. But when I listen to, cause I'm in Atlanta, when I listen to 560 and 790, and the folks are down there are buying into the perception, and all oh, the stadium is so terrible, and we're not, you know, we're not defending our stadium and defending our team and our school and our city, you know, cause Miami is a good city, you know, the weather, we got so much to offer the beaches, we need to say what's good, you know, we always talking about the negative. And going with the perception, feeding into the perception of the people who hate the University of Miami, instead of always preaching the the good part of the university. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we need to this talk is- about well, at least our tailgating is better. You know, and this if you get if you if you're gonna be going to the pros, if you're a college kid, hey, you ain't gonna be walking out of your dome into no pro stadium. You gotta drive to the stadium, right? No you doubt. You got to be flying the stadium. You know what I'm saying? So who cares about a 21-mile trip to the stadium? Who? How far are you going to live to the stadium when you get to the NFL? So I'm just saying we let the um, ESPN and all our haters form the perception, you know, shape our opinion of our school, and we need to stop that. And we need to talk more about, you know, I would like to hear this show be formed around more about getting fans, more ways about, getting fans and people getting friends to buy season tickets and bringing, you know what I'm saying? That would help the ways us as fans can help, you know, build a fan base, you know, and, and, and form a positive perception of the school, you know, that we, we support and, and like to watch instead of all this negative talk. And then I think that will help with things else to fall in place if we do our part. And that's all I got for you. I'm going to let somebody else get on. And I'll I call back next week, Gary. I'll be listening, but I, I always be calling in late, and I haven't been getting yeah, you've in. Been, you've I been really low key. to the last call. You've been really yeah, low-key this do. year. I mean, last year you were the star of this show. Now you've kind of been overshadowed by Kane Kane and D Black. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I turned into Bad News King, and I was just burnt out on, on, <laughs> on, 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 on old Al. I was just burnt out on old Al, you know. Hey, you know, and, and it's a new day. Like, I, and I posted that I wasn't for Mark Rick. I wanted Butch. I was one of those who wanted Butch. But when Rich was hired, you know, I, I think he, you know, he's the right choice. After, you know, thinking about it, he, he probably was, He, I, I do believe he was the best choice we could have made. And it didn't take long for me to, to, to really – look at the pros and the cons of this hire and know he was the best hire. Is he going to be, is he going to win us a championship? That remains to be seen, but I know he should have fire and determination. He's like a woman scorned with Georgia cause he, he wasn't ready to give that job up. So I think he got something to prove and can he prove it? I don't know, but we're going to be supporting him. You know what I'm saying? And um, I sit here, keep me on hold and I listen and I holler you at you next it. week. 
But you hey, more. Wait, sorry about that. Let me let me bring you back. Go ahead. What were you saying? Hey, I say I say more talk about how we can get that stadium full. Cause with five, what, ten million people between West Palm Beach, Broward County, Palm Beach County, and Dade County, and Monroe County, I don't see why we can't do it. It just we we don't we don't um advertise it enough or push it enough on the radio. I never hear anything but negative. I don't think that's what it is. It. I don't think that's the problem. I mean, I think people know when the games are. I just think the product hasn't been good. So you're not getting yeah, that the, too. You're not getting the casual fan to come out there. Because for what? You know, they're not... They're, yeah, you're right. They, they've been irrelevant. They haven't been playing for anything. They've been going to the Independence Bowl and the Sun Bowl. You know, yeah, I I think, mean, people, people in South Florida don't get... They, they want serious teams to support. They want results. They want results. I think that was most That was most of it. That would get us about 45... I think Mark Rick would get us up to about 45,000, maybe 50,000 fans. Just to hire your loan. That's going to get some excitement. But what about the rest of them? Because there's a lot of room in that stadium. I think there's enough people down there to pack it out if if if, if we do our part. You know no what I'm saying? No doubt. I brought my season tickets. I told my cousin to pick them up, so we're ready to go. I had them last year. I okay. think I'm going to get the more games this year. And the people, this for anybody out there, like I've seen a lot up on the board who, who's not in Miami who have season tickets, if you're not going to make the games, please send your tickets to the radio station or get them to you or you can get somebody so we can have seats. We can make more fans. Let's give them away and not have them seats empty. I'm going to listen, Gary. Talk to you later. All right, Steve. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to the 347. You're live on Sports Live. What the heck is that? Sorry, man. Can't, you got to get rid of that noise if you want to come on. Let's go to the 202. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, how you doing, Gary? This is uh, Deuce from D.C. Hey, what's up, Deuce? How you doing tonight? I'm okay. Um, first and foremost, I want to start off by saying uh, I called last week and I poked all sorts of holes and uh, retired. I did a little bit of research, and I come to realize that Georgia actually tied one hand behind its back. Um, not saying that the results would have been different or whatever the case may be, but they took play calling from them. They forced defensive no, coordinator hires on them. Uh well, are you saying they didn't take play calling from him? No, he made that decision himself. Okay, um, it was, it was you know, things written um, that made it seem like they kind of wanted him to be more of the CEO head coach. So uh, he was developing Bobo, you know, to, to be ready when he did make that switch. Um, I honestly think that uh, him, you know, I don't know if you paid attention to it, but at the press conference when, they, when he, uh, he chuckled when he said the mutual agreement, and uh, you know, you, on the board the other day, you put his breathing the fire. I actually think we're going to get a different Mark Rick because he's so upset at how things went and how how he got treated. That, that man got treated like Al Golden at the end. And uh, you know, that wasn't. I don't think that was necessary. You know, when you, when you look at it, he didn't win the games that he should. You know, everybody knows that. But um, I, I don't know how he was up there when he first got there. But from all accounts, now he thinks like he's kind of like a man on a mission. Um, and, uh, you know, listening to what you said, it does make sense. He's going and uh, he's going out and he's trying to, um, you know, lock up the early entries and he's going to take care of everything else on the back end. Um, I did want to touch on what you said about the O-line. I, I completely agree. But uh, all of these things goes back to uh, to, to Golden and the uh, lack of splash. Um, 
you know, he wasn't going to, you know, unless he came in and did like McElwain, he wasn't going to get. And, you know, the more and more you think about it, you know, he recruited he recruited locally, but he didn't recruit locally because even the local kids didn't want to didn't want to play for him. For the most part, the really good ones at that. And then, uh, you know, we 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 do have to get much better, you know, much more strong and athletic uh, on the offensive line as well as the defensive line. And um, I just think that you know what the the ad man. I know they had money involved and everything, but you know the the the, the tell all sign about a coach is, is recruiting. You know, because if you if you can't convince a kid to come play for you, then the results are either going to be the same or worse. You're not going to get better, and you don't have quality kids on your roster. And he couldn't get any quality kids after the with the the, uh, the 2012 season. Uh, it seems like you know, like I think what Stacy Kane, that 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 class, the 13 class after that, they, the recruits seen what they needed to see. You know, and and the same thing with, with the with the last uh, guy Steve was saying about the stadium. Well, the, the people didn't go out because the admin. Uh, essentially called, you know, I'm, I'm all the way up in D.C., but, you know, if, if I could get to a game, I would. But the ad man called the fans bluff down there and said, oh, we're not going to fire this guy. He'll show up to the games. You know, and it hit him where it hurt. And it, and it showed, you know, ESPN wants to capitalize on it and show things and, and show this and show that. But at the end of the day, they were kind of like, oh, there's no one being there. But they didn't say, you know, they you know, no one's showing up to the games because we just totally despise Al Golden, um, you know, with the, with the with the football camps. Well, that was supposed to be Al Golden's claim to fame, the football camps, right? Every single kid that he offered from, from a camp, where is he? Hoylet, Larry Hope. Uh, who else? I, it's so many names. I, I can't even think of the majority of them because they've been gone for so long. Um, yeah, that was, Vernon that, was Davis. A, that, was, that was a flawed strategy. Flawed. And you hey, know hey, I'm going to just throw the scholarship out to somebody from the camps so the kids will want to come to the camp. Right, and and at Miami you don't you don't do that. It's just certain you things. Don't need to that Miami. That, yeah, you, you you don't have to because a lot of the kids that grew up like you know in, in DC we don't have a football team but we have University of Maryland. Okay, well, kids don't don't dream about playing at the University of Maryland, but they do down in Miami, and you have to carry yourself that way. And I I think that you know uh, schools have built-in DNA, like you know Oregon's always be spread. There's nothing you could do about it. Alabama more than likely will always be power. Miami's defense, what, what was it saying, Gary? You can run north and south on them. You can't run east and west. Remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now we're, now we're slower than Purdue. <laughs> you know, be, I, don't because know he, I don't know about that. But right, right, right. You, you, I'm exaggerating. But, you, but, but, you I get, I, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, because his philosophy was big physical. No, no, that's not the way to go. Now, I with Rick. I hope that he, because he's saying the three four four three. I think what he's warming everybody up to is I might not go four three. I might go three four. And if I do, you know, it is what it is. Get over it. But it's just certain things you don't do at certain schools. You don't go to Miami and try to run a three four. You just don't do it. Now, if you're going to stand the guy and make him an elephant, you know, line the guy up, you know, like you know, just just a reference to. One of the greatest to ever played, Charles Haley. How they lined it. If you want to do that, that's something. If you're trying to two gap in South Beach, it's not going to work. And the reason why we don't have the defensive tackles is because they're trying to two gap and they don't have the staff to teach it. Alabama has the staff to teach it, so they can do it. You know what I mean? You have to have the staff and you have to have the talent base to run a certain type of defense. Miami, lean, athletic, quick, fast, aggressive athletes. That screams three. Excuse me. That, that screams four three, four two five. 
That is scream three four. Three four is all about contain, bend, don't break, keep everything in front of you, and things of that nature. But we've always been a four three team, and I think that the reason why is because of the talent base. You know, so um, you know, going forward, um, you know, I, I, originally I was a you know a Bush guy, but Coach Coach Rick is a hire. He's a coach. I'm supporting him 100. Um, percent I I will say that I'm uh I'm excited about uh I guess his uh, his direction in which the program is going to go because I feel like he's 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 upset uh, for the first time in a long time. I really feel like he's upset, and I feel like you know the, the days of the, of the small running back of mine are are over, or, or at least the small uh, you know, non-explosive, if you will, running backs. Uh, well, I, I don't think it's a old. situation where you're going to see Yearby and Walton never play again. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Like no, bigger running back. But and, they're not going to be the feature. They're not going to be no, the feature. No, I, I really think that they should be turned down. Amongst the guys that are on the roster right now are in a much better position than Joe Yearby and Mark Walton. Right. And I but, with, with the earlier so caller, Trayon Gray has a higher ceiling. Tubbs not a huge back. So, I mean, there are exceptions. Yeah, and, and I think that um, what you said, we're, we're going to start taking a big jump in national recruiting, and corners are going to want to come back and play. Linebackers are going to want to come down here and play. It's, it's, I, I, I can't say it enough, Gary. It's, it's amazing that this guy was here for five years, and he could, outside of uh, Deion Bush's class where he got a lot of, you know, the big-name guys in Miami, it's amazing that this guy couldn't get anybody to play for him, and he never changed his approach. And no one kind of nudged them to change his approach, like with okay, with Georgia, with with Pruitt. They nudged them to take Pruitt. I don't know about Grantham, but they nudged them to take Pruitt. Well, why, why wasn't any of that going on down here? You know, we're fielding the worst defenses we've ever seen in Coral Gables, and no one's like, okay, Al, this is enough. Like, it's you, you got to let coaches pick their own coaches. The, those situations Garrett, where Garrett, coaches are forced Garrett, on guys, what, what was, it never works. Garrett, it, it never Garrett, hardly what was ever going works. on. What was going on down Miami it wasn't coaching, Gary. That wasn't coaching. That, that, I'm sorry. The, 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 the D'Onofrio and Al Golden, their problem is you have to have 11 D'Onofrios and Al Goldens on the team. If mm-hmm. they can't get it cerebrally, they won't get it. And it's too much thinking. You can't – why put an 18-year-old in a situation where he has to think that much? Yeah. It, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, he's, the whole point of him trying to go to school is trying to get better, trying to make plays. You're taking playmaking away from him because you got him thinking – you got him doing a calculus exam before the play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I just I, – I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we're finally we know what direction we're going in. I can't say enough about that. But at the same time, I'm interested to see which, you know, everybody, like everyone else says, which, which way we go with uh, with D.C. But I, 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 I'm willing to bet, you know, my right arm that we'll have much better talent, much better players. Our roster will look much different. And um, I, I, I don't think that, you know, depending on who we get this year, I don't think winning 10 games is out of the question. Because Rick is handling the offense, you get a good defensive coach to handle the defense. We shouldn't lose to Cincinnati. We should have struggled with you, you, you know what you I mean? You still got to get some better personnel on the defensive oh, side absolutely. of the ball. So, that, so we'll that's, see. That's what we'll I see think. what happens. All right, hey, let me let some other guys get on here before we have to go to sleep. So, um, thanks for being part of the show and give us a call again next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a good night. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the seven seven zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yes, sir. That's you. This, hey, this is Steve, Gary. You just hung up with me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry about coming right back there. Let's go to the 775. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, hi, Gary. It's uh, George from Reno. Um, hey, what's up? I have a, 
thanks. Uh, I have a couple of questions. The uh, first one's pretty easy. Uh, I'm going to the game. My wife and I are going to go to the game. And we're going to get there a few days early. I know they got the team, the team will get there like five days early. Uh, 21st. Will it be? Yeah, 21st. Okay, so uh, the game's on the 26th. That's five days. So, so the question is, um, I assume the practice is going to be closed. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they, they, they yeah. will be and will there be uh, will there be uh, uh, opportunities for some of the uh, people who make that trip to uh, um, um, you know do some participate in any any activities? I know, for example, where um, I was at the take, take a look Bowl, at the Suns uh, website. They have some activities. I I mean, I, they have some stuff for fans and stuff up there. If you're looking to do something where, 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 with the team, I don't think what so. Site what what uh, what what site did you say? The Sun Bowl has a website. Just uh, Google it. Oh, I see. Yeah, I've, I've been on that. Yeah, okay. All right, great. Okay, so uh, I'll do that. And the the fi- next question is a very simple one. Uh, um, you might have answered it. I don't know. I just kind of dialed in about an hour ago. But uh, Sam Bruce, uh, if Beard leaves, uh, how uh, how significant would that be to him? Because I know he's pretty tight with Beard, and I'm just curious. Yeah, but. But he was what committed to Miami, that. I think, before Beard even became receiver coach. I, I don't think I Sam think. Bruce would affect if there's a new receivers coach, but we don't know what's going to happen there yet. You know, there's di- there's different things going around. I mean, you know, we heard earlier tonight yeah. that McClendon from Georgia might be it might have the inside track to that position. Yeah. Then we heard later tonight that that might be premature, that Rick hasn't made a firm commitment to anybody yeah. up there yet at Georgia, that it's all just speculation. So, who, you know, I don't all know. Right, so the fact that he was committed before Beard came on board is a, is a plus. I think so. Uh, yeah, okay, great. All right, that's pretty much it. Thanks very much. All right, man, thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 973 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. No, don't want to, not, not to be disrespectful to Sam Bruce. I mean, we could, you know, if he doesn't come, we could upgrade on that. So, I mean, I don't think he's very good. He didn't have a very he's good up. year this year. I don't know why. They didn't feature him at St. Thomas the way everybody thought they would. He's very good, but let's not, you know, let's not. He's a specialist. Gonna, he's yeah, a specialist. I'm not going to get. You know, he might end up, you know, the way, you know, the things are going to change around there is he might end up having to go on special team and kick return for a while before he gets on the field and start contributing anyway. So, you know, yeah. we're not going to we're not gonna fall apart if he doesn't become part of the class. No doubt. Hey, um, and give Mark me a couple Rick of um, bigger guys anyway, but I don't, I mean, I don't think he would say no to Sam Bruce, but a yeah, lot no, of people No, 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 but we're not going to, we're not going to go crazy and fall apart as a fan base because Sam doesn't not. come. So, you know, hey, just give me a couple of things. So um, I want to um, bring up the whole, you know, you know I was listening. Um, I, I kind of got on late, but intriguing to me because, you, you know, we were talking about the camp that Golden had and everything. One of the things that you got to remember, he was a partner as far as business-wise. That was his business partner, Coach D. And yeah. one of the reasons why he was really interested in really running those camps and doing well at them because he, they was partners, he was business, they was business partners. So that's one of the things he did well. If you notice, he did that well because that makes that that make that he had his name on it in a sense, and they was making money off of it. So whatever. I'm not saying that was the only reason, but the, probably the one good kid that probably came out of that camp was um, Waters. The, the, the guy was giving names of all the guys who failed, but probably one of the guys that came out of there was Waters that he signed out of that camp. So that camp that that, that failed. It turned it, it fell apart. It wasn't any good. I mean, you tough. You tough wasn't any good. The camp wasn't any good, and 
you know, I just think it's it's. I'm just glad that all that stuff is behind us. A couple more points. Yeah, but they um, weren't they weren't any good. Not because the the what they were doing was flawed. They weren't any good. Because as every year went by, people had a more of a negative and negative opinion about the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I want to forget some of my points. I don't want to forget some of my points, so I just want to get to them. And another thing, too, on Coach D and, and Gary, I need you to kind of confirm it. I know you might say, well, that's not true. But the word is, at one point, Coach D wasn't invited as far as to go out and recruit. He, at one point, he wasn't even going out to recruit anymore because it was schools in that area he was telling them, don't ever come to my school. We don't even want you to come out and recruit our kids. So at one time, he wasn't even out there recruiting. He was really banned from some of these high schools. Gary, that's true. They, they, they changed up the assignments. That, that, that is accurate. The the assignments were changed up. Now, did he do zero recruiting? I don't think that's true. He was still doing no, 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 recruiting. No. They, they just changed up north. They changed he was doing he was rec- correct. Yeah, but that's, mostly, that's terrible. Mostly Senator that's Jersey, terrible. correct. Correct. That's terrible. Because you can't be based in Florida on deep. That tells you right there what was going on in defense. Man, if you're going to nope. be a defensive coach in South Florida at Miami and you can't go to these local high schools because they don't want you there, that right there should tell you, should, you, hey, as a friend, that's my buddy, that's my guy, but I still got to get rid of him because he's going to cost me my job and that's what happened. Hey, no, that's, that's why he doesn't have a job anymore and that's why he's back living in the cold, Jersey. Hey, listen, I'm, from, I'm calling you from Jersey now, but um, what I'm saying is that you I had to get that little yeah, dig in, you know. That's all right. It's not that cold. And I just to let you know, it's not that cold up here right now anyway. But, hey, um, one thing for the fan, another thing for the fan base, too. Um, but but you, will admit, I, you will admit Al Golden will be shoveling some snow this winter, right? Oh, absolutely. Hey, yo, he yeah. can go right over there at Rutgers and do it, too, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a die-hard Kane fan. I don't want to worry about the Kane. It would not take him at Rutgers. Hey, hey that's, that's the situation. Hey, a couple of things for the fan base. I want them to be, um, you know, one thing that we should be very happy with is that the kid like Jack, the quarterback that's committed to us, I'm glad that we are, we're getting him because those are the type of guys that we need, guys who was committed, who came to us early. He stuck it out through a lot of stuff, you know, firing, bad mouth, bad recruiting, and he stuck with us. So the fan base should be very, very happy that he's coming aboard because he seemed like he's going to be a true cane and he's going to really want to come and change things and, and be a part of the, the change and be a part of the success that we're going to have. Yep, no doubt. He's all in. Yeah. Hey, a couple other things, too. I, You know, again, with the fan base and all of us, we like Sway, but I think it's time for him to go. I think our strength and conditioning need to change. It's going really to be one, one of the many very difficult decisions that Mark Rick's going to have to make. He's got some tough calls he's got to make here. He's got to make a decision on Swayze. He's got to make a decision on Arquijo. I mean, he's got some tough decisions on guys that have been part of the fiber well, of the program have, for a long time. Didn't you, um, a buddy of mine told me, you, I think he subscribed to your site, he, told, he said, you you had a story, now correct me, he said you already had a story and wanted to commit, kind of like admitting that, He's already been told that Arcaro is being retained. Now, is that false? Yeah, but I don't know that that decision's been made yet. I mean, he said he had been told by Arcaro that Art was going to be here, and I understand Art would. I understand why Art. I first of all, we don't know if Art's been told by Mark Richt whether that's the case. But let's say he hasn't. Mm-hmm. There's every reason why Arcaro would feel that way. Okay, he played with Mark Richt. They got a great relationship. I'm sure when Mark Rick got hired, Art Kehoe said, yes, 
I get to keep my job. And I know for a fact that he was very worried about it up until that point. Now, has Mark Rick told him, yes, I'm keeping you? I don't know that. You know, I mean, I think I think that, you know, if he keeps Art, he still has to solve the recruiting problem at that position. Art's recruiting is not Art's strength, okay, and it's never going to be. So if you keep Art Kehoe the coach, you got to figure out how you're going to support him with recruiting. Yeah, because think about this. As, as fans, we've, we've got to listen to, you know, the staff and Golden and all the rest of them made such a big deal about going after the kid Jones, the kid that I think he, he was a Juco or at a prep school, and he made a big deal about getting him on, getting yeah, him on they, the team. And, yeah, you know what? They still think he's going to be the, a decent player. They, they haven't given up on Jahair Jones. They just but he felt was a like kid, but he was a kid that was supposed to go right into the spot where yeah, he, right he wasn't pool ready. Pool. He wasn't ready, what? so they redshirted him. They redshirted him this year, hoping that they'll get a couple more years out of him and he'll be more ready. One of the good things, if anything, I don't know how good they are. You can tell me on. Uh, I mean, we're hoping they're going to be very good because they redshirted. If anything that he left, that he kind of did okay, is that he redshirted a few guys and there was an offensive line. But um, Gary, give me, give, help me out with this. What two, what two guys on each position? What two guys on the offensive line? Two guys on the defensive line, and anywhere else, special team or something that you think is an absolute that they have to contribute next year. I mean, and take, give me, many, let me give an example. Let me give an example. I mean, let me give an example. You got a kid like the great quarterback that's coming in at linebacker. That linebacker that's over there, Ohio State. He played. I think his name is McCain. He plays day one. He was on the field. Do we have a guy that's coming in in the class? 2016, that's going to play for day one. Those are the type of guys we need to I think get, get. McLeod and Quarterman, to me, are guaranteed. I, I don't see how those two guys don't play next year. I mean, day one, he, he might come in and take somebody position at the spot and play day one. He might. Okay. He might. McLeod, McLeod and Quarterman both look to me like they're going to be ready to play next year. Yeah, I feel bad for guys like um, what's our defensive end, the kid that was number seventeen. I feel God, bad for guys like him. If I felt like he wasted his career. Yep. I felt. Say it again. Yeah, I agree. I felt like you know, and another and another thing too, we better be careful that we don't do that with some of the other guys that's on the team. You know, so. Well, it's new be regime, weird. new coaches. You got to hope everything changes. All right, you got anything else? Yeah. I'm going to let some other guys get on here real really, quick. Really, man, that's it. I just wanted to throw out those points about his camp and, and let, let people know he was, he was, they was, they was, they was partners, and that's why he ran it that way. And yeah. I was one of, I was happy that the quarterback is coming because he, he hung in there with us. And um, that's what that's what it's all about. I'm excited, but I don't want him to run a three four. He, needs he won't to run a four three. I think he's I already think that take, he, he's going to he's going to find a defensive excitement. coordinator that runs the four three. Okay, because I think that would take some of the excitement off the fan base, and um, no we don't doubt. want to stop the moment we want to go. All right, man, just keep me home. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, I got it. I think four of you guys left on the board that have not gotten on the show yet. I'm going to try to get you all on. Just be very quick and direct with your points. Let's go to the 864. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? All right, you'll have to give us a call. Next week, let's go to the 786. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Going once, twice. We might clear this faster than I thought. 
Let's go to the um, 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's Can this? you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, this uh, this that Port City Kane again. You're not going to be here in Shreveport this time, so that should be a good <laughs> thing. I just got a <laughs> – hey, I got a couple of points uh, that I really thought about last week. Ground zero for most of our problems is the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. So I think the biggest job that he got to do at the beginning of this is fix the line of scrimmage, especially at defensive tackle and uh, at the long offensive line. Uh, I think it's going to be a tall task, but I think that we would instantaneously be a 10-win team if we just fix our line of scrimmage. Whether it's, I mean, we wouldn't even need it to immaculate play in Duke if we were able to grind out a couple of more first downs. You know, we would have been able, and because we don't grind out those first downs, then it creates more suspense in our games. And I and I want to just say a point. I like our running backs. You know, I like them, and I think that, you know, when you look at Yearby and you look at the other young running back, they are 3-2 running backs. They do run, block, and catch. They may not be have elite speed, but Yearby is an elite cutter, and uh, I want to see him in the rotation. But, you know, uh, like I said last week, I'm from Louisiana, and we got to get back to recruiting well in Louisiana. I want to see us get that D tackle that they got down in South Louisiana. And uh, what are our chances of uh, getting that guy, the guy who's thinking about switching? Too soon to tell. Too soon to tell? Okay, yeah, I mean, then. They're, another... they're not even really seriously recruiting right now, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Well, and, and, and just another point. Uh, that I want to say is that uh, that you know uh, we need to. Uh, I just want to see us uh, get back to recruiting a lot stronger in the, in uh, Louisiana. But I like uh, the press conference when Mark Rick said the key thing that he was saying that he was going to assist everybody. I think a lot of people have rushed to judgment about these coaches when you, when a coach is just simply following somebody's instructions and not really doing a lot of things that they agree with, it's kind of unfair to evaluate them because a lot of these guys may have not been doing what they believed in. They may have, may have been doing what they was instructed to do. And then when you go in there and get these guys in a system where it really works, then you'll see these guys. I like Swayze. You know, Swayze, if Swayze was there during championship years, he know what it takes to build a champion. He know what it takes take to build a champion brick by brick. It's not mm-hmm. the fact that he doesn't know what it is. It's he's giving the coach what coach wants, and if the coach wants this, the coach wants that. Then he's giving it. And my last point before I leave out the phone is that you said it hitting the nail on the head when you said about the offensive line. But the biggest thing about the offensive line is not great athletes up there. You don't see no. a lot of guys who can pull and get out in front of those runs and get those running backs to that next level. You don't see a whole. A lot of that, and we got to get some better athletes because, to be honest with you, Al Golden loaded that roster with a lot of dudes. It was a whole lot of dudes, and he fell in love with the long shot. He got Muhammad Wilkinson, and he felt like he could make everybody into Muhammad Wilkinson. And trust me, it, it ain't many of them walking on the street. You know, it ain't a whole lot of them that everybody miss on, and then you find them. But he fell in love with the long shot, and there's a whole lot of, players on their roster that shouldn't have never been on a practice field. I mean, and when you – and another big task that I think he's going to have to do, if he hadn't, he's going to have to scrub that roster too because their roster needs a good scrubbing. 
and get yes, some guys in there because and I and I and I, and 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 this I'm about to hurry up and get out this phone. But I hope that he make practice sound like practice. I heard you on a couple of those shows that practice didn't even sound like practice. He needs nope, to have not practice even close. to sound like practice. Yeah, he need to have practice to sound like practice. And then yep. get that to go on. And once he scrubs the roster, because you won't have to have these guys, like you said, and I'm going to get out this phone, you won't have these guys to have to stay in the game because it's such a big drop-off between one and two. And all it does is provide job security. It provides job security because you know the next guy behind you don't even have a chance of tasting that field because he does, he's nowhere in your league. And uh, I want to thank you for having me on. I'll call back next week. And, uh, you know, thank you, Gary. You got it, man. Thanks for the call. Great call. All right, let's go to 601. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Um, this, is, this is my name, Quinn. What's up, Quinn? What you got for us? I want to know if, if has Miami offered um, the cornerback from number 21 from uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. Right now, it, 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 right now, it doesn't matter what they've done in the past. All bets are off. Everything's starting fresh after the bowl game. New staff coming in. Okay. They'll decide who they want to recruit. They'll have three weeks to do it. So it doesn't matter whether he's been offered in the past or not. Because well, I, um, I talked to his dad, and his dad said if they offer him, he'll commit right away. Yeah, well, right now it doesn't matter. Until they get the coaches okay. in place, none of it matters. All right. Okay, that's all. That's all I wanted. All right, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for calling in. All right, everybody. Great show tonight. Glad you all could participate. Um, we should be back next Tuesday night. Just keep watching Canesport.com for those uh, program uh, times and everything. But I believe I don't believe there's any conflicts on Tuesday night. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but uh, I am expecting next week's show to be on Tuesday night. We'll continue to monitor the progress of recruiting. Uh, big weekend this weekend with those early entry guys coming in for their official visits, but all of them are looking solid. I want to thank Mike Farrell, the national recruiting editor for Rivals.com, for joining our show. That was a, a, a great, great segment. Uh, if you missed it and joined us late, listen to the podcast. Pick it up about that 31-minute mark or so, and uh, – You'll see that was a, a really great half hour that we had with Mike Farrell. I want to thank Nuts.com for sponsoring tonight's show. We'll see everybody next week. Good night, everybody.